Okay, so here we are. Quick intro for you. It's just conjecture is the name of the podcast. Real simple. It's about opinions. Just like arseholes. Everybody has one. That's my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, we, what we want to know is, is who you are and, and where you're from and all that kind of stuff. So tell us. Give us a bit of an intro to you. Okay, I'm Emma. Emma Sausage. The Sausage Lady. Various names. Uh, conscious belief. Uh, not prostitutes. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea where... Why any would possibly think that uh, of such a name, uh, I would be involved in such activities. But no, sausages the name, and sausages, and other porky goods are the game. So, so, so hold on a minute, people. People, you, you, you've got a sausage shop in Antibes, and so some sick people out there going, "Oh, hello." <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that what's happening? It's just a lot of people when they first meet me. I think there's a. It's a bit, some people have in their mind, they've heard about the sausage lady. <laughs> and obviously, although um, I'm looking a bit shattered, is that also it's like, you know, that they think she's a hunchback old lady with a warty face and smells of urine, you know, like some old cat lady. <laughs> and that the sausage lady is some mythical person who um, passed some tradition of um, looking after gentlemen, which I do do, but not in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so it's just when, when first people first meet me. There's, there's, there's always a little bit of smutty innuendo and a titter. And is, is there really? Yeah. So how'd you get into doing sausages and selling them around here? Met some random on a ski slope. Never believe it, would you? On my holidays. Is that really what happened? Yeah. <laughs> random, so opposite me. No, I mean, a lot of people wouldn't know exactly. I mean, obviously, a lot of people know who you are, know the sausages. It's very, they're very famous and they're award winning. Yes, yes. Back to yes. the sausages back to the UK. Yeah. Entered the Robin Hood sausage competition. Yep. And one third place. And all of the award winning uh, is that you score over 90% to get a gold award. And all the sausages I took back scored over the requirement to get a gold award. Yep. I mean, that you got it. You got it. So the thing is, a lot of people think this, this. Let's just go super yachting for a second. A lot of people have an opinion that provisioners literally just running around Metro and, 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 and Carful picking up crap from in, in a trolley and selling it at silly prices to boats. It's just not what we do. That's just that's just very small percentage of what you do, basically, because people go, I need that crap that's from Carful. Okay? That's just part of the deal. But that's yep. not what we're here for. We're doing quality fruit and veg, meat and fish, things like that. And I noticed myself many, many years ago in this industry that one thing that was really tricky to get was what I would call a British butcher's banger. Okay? I've always had a problem finding them. You can get the frozen ones that come in pre-packed. I can't remember the name of them. I probably won't even promote them. But they were always in the, in the English shops. They just were okay. You know, you stick them on a the barbie. Yeah, have a few beers with your mates. They're great. But a really good quality sausage was something I never found. And then one day, I was skiing in Isla de Mil, not far from here. And I bumped into this lunatic. Who's <laughs> <laughs> that bit? You were on the mountain, is that right? It was me, yes. What and happened? I, I I used to live on the other side of the fence, and I was the person that was flying down each week. Uh, her house is here, and I was always bringing sausages um, for my friends in France. I did grow up on a farm, um, and I was very used to proper traditional handmade sausages at home, um, and really... I was in a bit of a in my life at the time, looking for something to do. I've always had a passion about food, good home cook, let's cook 
the likes of Scotch eggs at the age of five. I don't know what my mum thought she was doing. Small child, pan of hot oil. Here you go. Get, get this done. Uh, so it had been a thought. Uh, and, yeah, so after meeting a provisioner, on the ski slopes in Isla de Mil. Uh, I went back to the UK. I quit my job as a PA on a farm and went uh, on a sausage-making course to hone my skills and came down. From the start, it was always, these are going to be top-notch. And whilst people complain, they don't complain about price, they don't see what is a fair price for a good sausage. Um they think my product is relatable to something you might get in Tesco's or Sainsbury's back in the UK. Um, but people in the south of France, their vision, not their vision. I Just can't tell the truth. Um, Shall I start? Their vision, <laughs> no, their concept of pricing is just not there. Yeah. Um, they're living in a, a life of luxury and they're paying in you know, a vast amounts for their rent, for their properties. But they seem to think that as a business owner, I'm not paying vast amounts and that I should be able to offer uh, something at the same price as Tesco's or Sainsbury's. In that's, the really val- that's a really, val- really valid point. If you think about Tesco as a company, they're absolutely ginormous. I think possibly first or number two size supermarket in the UK. They have the one buying power and the two selling power to create vast quantities of a product, package it, and they're not making it themselves in most cases to have other companies do it. But they're buying such huge quantities, they're getting an amazing price. And their margins are good. They're not bad. People go, oh, no, it's very difficult. No, they're probably making good margins, to be honest with you. Um, pork is not the most expensive meat. It's not the cheapest, but it's definitely not the most expensive. But here in France, you're making an artisan product. And you're doing, in comparison to those companies, small quantities. And people have to understand, therefore, that if you get a premium product and it's going to be from an artisan producer, the price will be higher than if you walk into Tesco back in the UK. Correct, yeah. But with my product, is essentially, if you were making a pork casserole at home and the pork that you would put in your casserole hole, that's what I'm putting in my sausages. Your Tesco sausage, and this is not just Tesco, this is... A lot of mass-produced sausages They'll in the UK. They'll be on the phone They'll be on. I'll be done in. Uh, is that it's, it might say it's got 60% meat content. That meat can be from anywhere on the pig. It could be scraped out from between its toenails. That's wrong. From its where? It can't be scraped out from its toenails. But, you know, it's, it's the bones that scrape mechanically, <laughs> aren't they? So it's every last bit of sinew. And it's not necessarily muscle that's going in. It's, it's, it's protein off an animal that's going into these It's very stuff. similar to a, uh, um, in, in some respects, a McDonald's burger where they go 100% beef. Yeah, it comes from a cow, but it could be nostril. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the only thing you don't eat of a pig is its oink. Yeah. That can't bring back the old jokes, Em. Anyhow, um, yeah, so my sausages are, you know, it, it, is, it is meat you would buy for a casserole at home. Um, we do. Uh, we're, we're hand, we hand butcher. We don't have machines taking the meat off the bone and doing this work for us. There's, there's just a vast amount of love and care goes into the sausages, and 
If you want, if we want to talk prices, the price of a Toulouse sausage on vrac in Carrefour at the moment is eighteen euros a kilo. Yeah, no so that's certainly. more. It's more expensive than my sausages, and in my defence. Uh, is that I have ladies, the, I have la- customers, ladies, who have the luxury of an apartment in Kensington and Chelsea and a house in the Côte d'Azur. And they look forward to coming to France because they say they get a better sausage from me in France than they can locally in Kensington and Chelsea. So, I mean, blow my own horn, blow my own trumpet. They're good sausages and... A premium product should be sold for a realistic price that reflects the quality of the product, what goes into it, never mind the ridiculous overheads we have in France well, this to is, make this product. This is really interesting. I've, um, I actually did a, a small podcast, literally with just Emma the other day, not Emma Sausage, Emma who works with me. Yeah. Um, we did a, a one on pricing, which we're putting out on YouTube, I think, today, because pricing is a serious thing that people need to know about. So... Obviously, this, I want to have a really fun conversation yeah. today. I don't want to have this all really professional bullshit. Yeah. The reason you're here is because you've got a fantastic personality. I stand in your shop and come and see you, and we crap on for about 45 minutes about everything we can. We'll probably have to be more careful today because other people will be listening. In the shop, no one hears what we say, yeah. so we can say what we want. But we can edit it out, so I don't give a fuck. Let's just do it. Yeah. But pricing whilst we're on it, because we're going to be putting timestamps in our videos, obviously... There's no question your sausages are the best, okay? In my opinion, I've tasted thousands. They are without question far and away superior to anything anybody would buy, one, in the south of France, two, in France. And to be fair, you've won gold medals for your sausages. So even in the UK, people would have a fucking hard time to beat your sausage, right? They do, yeah. That's a fact. These are facts. They're not in debate. When I said it's just conjecture, everyone's opinion counts, that's bollocks. (laughs) (laughs) It's not true in this case. Your sausages, I would say, are considered probably to be some of the best you can buy. Full stop. I think they should be more expensive, but please don't raise the price on me. Mm. But prices in itself. Now, let's just discuss very quickly. I know, being in France, I'm not in the UK. I'd have to do with Brexit issues and all that bullshit. We can talk about that. But yeah. right now, let's talk about France. France, the prices have gone up. Everything's gone up in price. Pork's up 25% this year already. This is what I want people to find out. Pork's up 25% from last year. And it was up last year because of COVID and because of all sorts of other issues anyway. Yes. So what else What else are you having problems with? What is the cost of your business? How, are they, how, are they, how has that changed over the last year, two years? Well, obviously, everybody, everybody, as with everybody, you know, your basic cost alone, your, your electricity prices are up. I've said the port prices up. Um, I'm in a position now that uh, I'm opening a second shop because it's a fresh product. It has to be stored cold. Um, there's only a finite amount of uh, cold storage space in my shop. So we now have to go and get a second um, premises because the demand is that we need more storage space. I'm juggling with my water. I had it and dropped it on the floor. It ran all the way around the back. It went on the wheel. As I moved, it went under the wheel. And then I picked it up and juggled it over here as well. And you're watching me going, the fuck is going on? What's it doing? Is he on crack? God, it's struggling with a drop of a bottle. <laughs> Sorry to And you're supposed you. to be editing all this and you're struggling with top of a bottle I, you know it's all part of the fun though because if people see it's real they'll yeah. be going okay these aren't this is not 
you don't want it to be that professional. It's not the BBC, you know. It's not Sky fucking News. You disappoint me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry for disturbing you with my bottle j- jinx. I thought this was my opportunity to go viral. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you will go viral. We'll get you onto that in a bit. For the right reasons. Yeah. So, um, yeah, just, uh, yeah, second premises, um, cost of borrowing money's gone up, um, but van's gone up, fuel's gone up. I mean, I don't really have to tell people here, this is like teaching your grandmother to suck eggs, isn't it? Just everything is just going up. And and then people could come in the shop and tell me how much more they're paying for X, Y, and Z. And, and then quite, complain about the price of a sausage going up frankly, in, in euro a kilo. In my, inside me, I'm going, oh, God, I'm going to have to tell her the prices are going up on the sausages as well. But, I mean, it's basic maths. If your cost of living, of your million-pound apartment is going up, I'm afraid the cost of making your beautiful handmade English sausages is going to go up too. Yeah, and that's across the board. I've discussed it at length, and I've been trying to warn people, don't get upset about pricing this year. And the thing thing that I said, which was really valid, my last sort of pricing podcast was really simple. If you want to fight to get your prices down this year, some of those companies will not be here next year. No. They will not be able to handle the decrease in turnover and profit because profit, you have to get through a fucking long winter in this industry and down the south of France. Well, it is, it's quiet compared to the summer. You know the score. Yeah. So if you can't, in the winter, you're just surviving and getting by. If you have uh, December, January, February, March where you make a profit rather than a loss, you've had a result. Yeah, but it doesn't yeah, happen yeah. very often no. because it's de- deadly quiet here. I mean, I live near Joan Lapin. If you walk through there when I go to the gym and see the tumbleweed go- rolling through, there's no one there. <laughs> it's racing. Even the, the fucking tramps have left, right? <laughs> the guys that sit on the wall outside the gym getting leathered every day, smoking fags with their dogs. The dogs aren't smoking or drinking alcohol, may I add. They're gone. <laughs> They're not even there. <laughs> Right, they They're, miss those days in the lab, yeah. don't they? The dogs. <laughs> oh, I wish I was back in the lab. I so do. <laughs> this is the point. Exactly that. It's madness. The south of France is a tourist resort that's only open May, June, July, August, September, and May and September aren't busy. Not like June, July, and August. No. You're running a 12-month business in a place which is a tourist resort. Now I get it. Some will go, don't do it then, mate. Absolutely. And if we all decide to do it, you'd all be sitting on your boats or in your villas and your apartments without an English sausage, without a good quality product. We'd be about anything, but we just have to tick over in the winter, whether it be yourself, just taking a small amount of meat, fish and vegetables to a villa... Uh, of an order that, well, what what you're making on it won't even cover the van and the driver. This is it. It's ticking over. It's goodwill. We have to play a lot of that. It's keeping. It just. It's not keeping the quite. I'm not saying it's keeping the walls from the door, but uh, I, I always say it's a bit of give and take. In the summer, they'll be ordering a lot, but yeah. in the winter, keep them ha- keep them happy. Uh, but you, yeah, just. Keep, give your staff something to do. Well, this is the other thing, is if you don't keep staff on all year round, you lose what you trained them to do the previous summer, you don't have them for the next summer. And you have to make this choice of whether or not you pay somebody all year round and lose money for four or five months because of it. Yeah. So that in the five, six, seven months where you can make money, you've got people who can handle the job. Because as you know, the summer turns up real quick. And all of a sudden, you need staff to do their job they need to know what they're doing and it kicks from very limited businesses okay we're getting through um 
creeps into April and there's a few more people around and you're like, oh, hello. Sun comes out, you go for a walk on a Sunday and it's not pitch black and you're like, fucking result. And you think (laughs) summer's coming, summer's coming. It's a bit dead, then it gets a bit rainy. You don't really know what's going to happen. May comes and you go, oh, season's about to start and it slow plays its shit out of it until it gets to Cannes Film Festival. Then it gets a bit busy, doesn't it? More boats turn up, more villas are here, more people are around. And then Monaco Grand Prix kicks in and absolutely nobody can handle it. It It's too busy, too quickly. And we all sit here and complain, but we're British. That's what we do. If it's sunny, we go, it's too fucking hot. If it's raining, we go, God, it's always raining. If it's damp and misty, we go, God, it's awful weather, isn't it? Can't even go out. When it is too hot, we go, can't go out, it's too hot. Because all we care about is the weather. I had the news on this morning. In, it, it, from my apartment to here, which is a 15 to 20 minute drive, they did the weather three times. That's because they've got no other content. Don't put that in. <laughs> There's nothing else to report. I mean, there is, but they don't want to report it because it's not in the AP today, so they can't report it. But it's weather, weather, weather. Every time I put the news on, they're going, weather, 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 weather. I'm like, I don't fuck it. I can look out the window and see the weather. I can look on an app now. You don't need to do it every 15 minutes on the telly. I don't need it. I don't get to see the weather. You don't? No, I live a very hard life as a sausage. You're in a shop. That's why I'm pale. Yeah. Yeah. It's never because too... we've got a big bright light no. on you. To be but fair. it's never too hot. I, I didn't move to the south of France to hear people go, it's too hot. No, exactly. But do you not think in the south of France there's a lot of people who, like, for example, expats, I find this is the case. They've moved to the south of France and gone, the dream. I could sit on the beach drinking rosé for the rest of my life. This is just fantastic. Eating croissant. Have a bit of cheese. Well, if you eat the croissant, if you eat the cheese, and if you have the rosé, you probably will survive on your retirement because you'll die young, okay? Because you're eating shit. The point is, the point is, is a lot of Brits come down here and go, it's going to be the ideal time for me in my life. And then they realise it's super expensive. And within being here a year to two years, they have to get a job. They don't speak any French or limited French. They don't have maybe the want to start their own business or the knowledge of how to do that they panic nobody's foolish enough to start nobody's their own stu- business <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> nobody's as stupid as you and me to start the a business best, in france yeah what's, what's the most ridiculous decision in your life emma oh move to the south of france and open a sausage business yeah try and sell a non-french product in <laughs> france and start a french company when they don't speak french it was supposed to be a cottage industry. Let's I mean, just it's, it's do the done. most difficult thing that you could possibly do. <laughs> yes. like, what you did, you just what you did. You got home after that ski holiday and went, right, my life's not hard enough. <laughs> I'll make a list of the worst case scenario. I mean, obviously, in, 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 we're being relative here. If you're, if you're in the Sudan right now. No, th- no, this is easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you go yeah. Home, you go wrong. I'm going to make a list of the worst scenario. One, business owner. <laughs> I'll do that. Number two. In a country don't speak the language, pin in the map. Yeah. In a, in a country, three, a country that's very proud of its own sausage tradition and would not see any reason why that you would... There's some newcomer could infiltrate. Yeah. The if you Toulouse go, <laughs> and the Perugine. Yeah. And if you go to Carrefour, you see Toulouse, Perugine, you see Chip, Chipolata, which isn't the same as a UK Chipolata. No. It's got really big fat bits in it, the French one. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's not ground down properly. Chewy. It's chewy, and sometimes you actually bite into it and go, that could be bone. It's, it's very, it's not, it's cartilage. It, it's from an animal, yeah. Damien. It's, it's cartilage, though, animal. isn't it? Yes. And it tastes, it, when you try and bite into it, you go, is that bone? It's not it's cartilage, but you can't eat, you can eat your cartilage. You'd have yeah. to actually Bit of tendon. boil it for about 12 hours <laughs> for it to be tender. But, you know, it's not going to be in cartilage. 
And then every now and again, when the summer comes in, they have the old chorizo sausage that you can put on your barbecue. <laughs> so how do you pronounce chorizo correctly? Because I see it on the TV and they go, chorizo. So you get your chorizo and you chop it up like this and you throw it. And it's like, whoa, 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 fucking whoa. How do you pronounce it? I say, would you like some of my fresh handmade chorizo? Chorizo. Chorizo. Sometimes I put it into Google Translate because it's the same in English and Spanish, of course. And then I press the Spanish voice button. But they just say it with the Spanish Don't accent. Don't they do it with a th? <laughs> chorizo. <laughs> it's chorizo. Are we allowed to take the piss out of them? I don't think we... <laughs> no, because everyone takes the mick out of me with my, my beautiful northern tones. Do you feel, and this is quite controversial, but somebody said this to me the other day and I was thinking, hmm, is that true? Do you think an accent makes somebody sound more or less, in some cases, intelligent? Oh, I just think being a sausage maker makes you sound Do you think so? thick, really. But that's not the case. <laughs> the Yorkshire tones just help. I don't know, because to me, before before I came to France and made sausages, I was living in London, and I can actually really talk as if I am from London. You were living a high life. If I was I'm living the high life, yeah, you know, private equity, darlings. Uh, but when I came and made the sausages, I do actually make a... Con- not kind of conscientious effort to actually talk more homely it's the brian blessed yeah. isn't it it's the yorkshire tea accent because yeah. uh, you know so anybody who sounds like a fund manager from mayfair they're not going to sound like no they know about sausages and in fact if you meet somebody who talks like that who's who's selling sausages you automatically assume they're not doing any of the work exactly you assume they're employing other people to do it and they're just sitting in their villa chilling out yeah that, going look yeah. all this money i'm getting from sausages <laughs> what's that pile of money that's the fucking scotch egg money scotch egg money's doing all right this week isn't it but you you branched out which is what i quite like you went from sausages you'd started bacon bacon drag your bacon big the big best. money big bacon. money no <laughs> big money big money big money it's not hard work it's just a ratio thing because uh off a pig you get five kilos of bacon, 20 kilos of sausages. Everybody- you must sell more sausages than you do bacon, being nah. called sausage. Nah, everybody wants five kilos of sausages and five kilos of bacon. And I'm like that. What do I do with all this spare pork? But you found ways to deal with that. Yeah, I mean, some people Scotch do. Scotch eggs. Scotch eggs. Sausage, sausage rolls. rolls. Sausage rolls, yeah. Look, he's walking really slowly past yeah. us. He doesn't disturb us. Isn't that nice? Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it generally does balance out, but there are just brief moments times when I, it's, it's a bit it's always going to be a bit hair pulley but the sausages you can just whip up in no time yeah it's a fresh product bacon takes 10 days so it's quite hard when you have a boat or somebody wanting bacon and they give you maybe three days notice for 50 kilos and you're like Mm, okay, so let's just possible. find out. How do we do this? So, so, so somebody wants sausages. What you do? Several Cumberland sausage, for example. That's a flavour mix, isn't it? That goes in it. It's not just pork, and you bang it in a skin and go right, rock and roll. Lovely. That's a sausage. That's not how it works, is it? No, no. We no. We start. We start with. Your basic is what I call a breakfast banger. That's your nacho. So that's just your simple seasoning. You know, like onion powder, maize, salt, pepper, those sort of things. Then your Cumberland, which is the most popular down here after the classic pork sausage, primarily because everybody knows the name. Um, and that's uh, a similar base mix to the breakfast sausage, but with some more... I, pe- I can imagine people sitting there going, this is interesting. I know. Just, <laughs> now, when, know, we go, when hey? I come in your shop, we talk about fucking 
everything. I know, but... We put the world to rights. Can we just put this out? Because you know what? I spend every day telling at least three or four people what the difference between all the sausages is. Okay, let's do it. Lincolnshire, (laughs) Cumberland, breakfast... Lincolnshire's with sage, breakfast, classic nature, Cumberland, thyme and pepper, Lincolnshire's with sage. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're saying that Cumberland's got thyme and pepper in. And yeah. that's really the difference between that and a breakfast banger. Yeah, it's just got a, it's got a strong herby taste. Yeah, your classic pork sausage is just simple seasoning. Yeah, what Ca- like salt and pepper? Salt, and pepper, onion powder, garlic powder. That's right. Sort of I'm not going to let you know my secrets. No, no, no. I'd have to kill you. Absolutely. Yeah, and then from over there, you had, a, you had if you had sage, then we're at the Lincolnshire. That's why I don't like Lincolnshire sausages. They're the best. You like those the most? Yeah, they're gorgeous. I'm a Cumberland man. No, really. <laughs> it's only because you'd heard of Cumberland and never Lincolnshire, because you're from the other side of England, aren't you? Isle of Man. Yeah. I'm not from England. because <laughs> <laughs> you don't know the east of England, though, isn't it? <laughs> I'm east side. I'm Isle of Man, east side, Douglas. Yeah. So that is, for me, when That's people go, oh, you're northern, I go, no, fuck you, I'm not. I'm east side, motherfucker. <laughs> east I'm side. Like a, I'm like a Boston... A Bostonian or, or a New Yorker <laughs> I was or a New, a New England uh, area type person. I'm not your fucking Californian West Side sitting in the sunshine. I'm in the Isle of Man. We've got our own cloud. It's called Neville, and he's always there. And he's do generally spitting a- at you. <laughs> do you have a West Coast? In You've got the a West Isle of Man. Coast in the Isle of Man, yeah. yeah. Is it sunny? The Isle of Man's not sunny. <laughs> None of it's sunny. We've got a mountain have by you? about three feet. Sometimes when you go up there, sometimes some people can say, well, I used to see the sun from here, but very rarely. <laughs> Do they climb it on a Sunday afternoon? You can walk it. Do they take Kendall Mint Cake? You have to alert. We, you, actually, it's really interesting because Kendall Mint Cake comes from fucking Kendall. Cumberland. <laughs> Cumberland. Cumberland what? No, that's where Kendall's is in Cumberland. Yes, but Kendall, Kendall Mint Cake doesn't come from the Isle of Man, does no, it? No, but every, all mountaineers take Kendall Mint Cake with them, don't they? I think these days they do trail mix. I think trail you'll find, mix? I think you'll find, Energy bars, protein. I think Kendall Mix is the kind of go-to bag now. Oh, right. <laughs> but okay. I love Kendall Mint Cake. Absolutely adore it. And I also make... I, I tried making it. I'm not good at making Kendall Mint Cake. But I do make dairy butter tablet from Scotland. Scottish tablet? Yeah. It's delish. I adore it. The problem is, you make a batch, and you you know when people, you know when they do those TV shows, and people go, I don't know how to put the weight on. They go, okay, we'll put a fucking camera in your kitchen, and I'll tell you, <laughs> in about five. And they go, what did you eat this week? And they come into the studio, and they say, well, I only had a sandwich on Tuesday. <laughs> okay. Uh, and even, I did I did have half a slice of pizza on Wednesday, and they're like, yeah, you put fucking stone on, mate, in a week, on a TV show where we're calculating your weight and then they go well i'm going to show you what happened on tuesday night after you had your fucking brownie and they literally show them going into the cupboard to get a biscuit and they go and they're in there and they go I just have one biscuit and they go cup of tea two minutes later back in another biscuit gone and this carries on through the whole night so they've had the whole of the do- the, the chocolate hobnobs and they're sitting there going i didn't i couldn't even remember that I cannot remember eating those hobnobs. And yet you bought them in the shop and now you've seen you eat them. And then when you're in the shop, you buy automatically buy another packet. But that's... And why did we get onto that? Because I don't know what you're on. Scottish tablet is that you make it yeah. and you have to make a minimum batch. Yeah. And then you basically eat half of it. You yeah. feel sick. You have a major sugar rush. And then you go, I'm actually going to finish it because I don't want to feel like yeah. this tomorrow night as well. That's exactly that's it. it yeah. I don't want to feel sick. So what I do is I put it in bags and I bring it up to the office. And I try and get them fat too. 
I try and get them to join me on the road, the very fucking dark road to diabetes. <laughs> I'm dealing sugar. Yeah. It's like, you know, me, have a bit of that. They're always yeah. nice, isn't they? Eat yeah. all of it, please, because I've got a fucking kilo and I'm putting weight on as I'm looking at it. Gonna get you hooked. Kendall mint cake is beautiful, though. Yes. I just can't get it here because it's not Kendall. No. Has it got special scientific... Got what? what? Why Name... is it... No, because they all have them. You can only get products from certain areas now, can't you? Like your... Uh... AO, AOP. AOP. All that business. You or do PDA. a lot of AOP. Yeah. PDO, they call it also. What's PDO? I think it's the Italian version. Oh, place, district of origin. Yeah. Oh, right. Put the words around the other way, don't they? <laughs> but yeah, AOP. But you get... You, this is the thing. I'm not sure that Kendall Mint Cake is specific to that area. I think they've just called it that. I imagine the manufacturers can't afford to pay Europe to get the license. Ridiculous. Margins on that. Well, let's stuff. talk about Europe. Yes. Right? Yes. And again, I feel like I'm covering old ground, but I haven't done it with you for a while. Now, we're, we're talking in your shop about Brexit. Yes. Now, I look, we're both UK people who've now lived in France. And so a lot of people go, what the fuck was the matter to you then? Right? I've had people say to me, oh, well, you're from France. You haven't got an opinion anymore. It's like, well, just because I live in France doesn't mean I don't give a fuck about the country I used to live in. I'm still from that place. I have a British passport. I have the right to make an opinion, have an opinion, just like anyone else. So my point is that Brexit's completely and utterly crazy. I know people who've said some of the most bizarre things to me about why Brexit came in. Because Brexit affects us. It affects you because you buy your seasoning. It's not all handmade seasoning, is it? No, they're mixed up for me in my Where recipes. Where do they come from? Yeah. They do come from the Europe. Right, so you're paying 20% extra for that. Uh, That's an import t- tax. Well, your, your supplier's charging you extra money now because you have to have the import Oh, the tax. price has rocketed. It used to be 50 euros to bring a pallet over. 600 now. Yeah, right. Well, this is exactly it. So this is my point. And that's why Brexit is relevant. It's relevant to everybody who lives here who wants any shit from the UK. But it's also relevant for the uk because they're not getting the prices they used to if you're buying in a market of 800 million people you'll get a better price than if you're buying in a market with only 66 million that's basic economy of having a business if you think of a country as a business yeah that if you're a part of 800 800 million people and you're saying we want to buy beef from argentina as a group you'll get a better price than if you're just a group of 66 million yeah numbers game in it so in the uk we've had brexit come in in, and, and they're wondering why their exports have dropped. Well, yeah. you can't get Scottish beef here very easily anymore. No, My butcher that, used to say, I'll give you nice Aberdeen Angus beef, which is beautiful. Now he says, sorry, it's Irish Angus. We're not doing that anymore because it's too expensive to bring it in. Well, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, it is expensive. But it's actually really slightly confusing because you are actually allowed to import unprocessed so you could bring carcasses in yeah but well, it you wouldn't pay the 20 percent income but it just uh, seems import tax. just seems to be that it's, everybody's just shifting everything via island rather than making any solid effort to try and get a choice um of english lamb welsh lamb scottish lamb scottish beef uh devon what are those little short black cows in Devon? I'm so sad. glad you said cows. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is she going with this? Yeah, but obviously, but this is my three-year study in agriculture, proper coming the in small now. small black cows? Yeah, that they get in Devon. But they're lovely little... You carry on talking, I'll Google it, because I don't know. I've never... get... But yeah, obviously, we've got, like, 
well, actually, there are two parts of this. Anyway, so, but everybody just seems to be, oh, just shift it all via Ireland. It's easy. It's easy. It's a channel. Um, and such like. So, this is an effect of... It's break. not that small, is it? That's probably not the right small black cow. Devon crossbreed. Oh, there's a small Horned one. breed. No, American stockman. No, no. I'll, Devon milking cow. It'll come to that. me in a bit. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. Is it the red Devon cattle? No, they're black. Oh, yeah, you can <laughs> see The clubbing in. What's those small <laughs> black cows from Devon? North Devon red cow. <laughs> <laughs> can you just get red out of your Google? It says, I know all of it's red. The cattle are dark red, rich red, ranging from ruby to auburn oh, or chestnut. But anyway, it's not It's not what you're talking about. Yeah. Black Dexter cow. Dexter! Is that it? Yeah. Wow, how, where did I get that from? That just popped into my head. We're children, talking about Aubrey, Children's TV, Auburn circa cow. 1988. Yeah, fuck, <laughs> where that came from. Is that what it's called? Dex- yeah, so Dexter, Dexter yeah. It? So there's little short cows of Dexter, yeah. But anyway, the point was is that, yeah, we only get uh, lamb via, all our meat now comes from via Ireland, and we've got very little choice. So your lamb sausages, you have Irish lamb for that? No, we don't get Okay, no. that's what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I've, I've picked a wrong example. No, all the meat comes via. No, all the meat comes via Ireland. Uh, so even if you're getting, you mean Irish, la- Irish meat? No, because even I'm sure even all the English okay. lamb, some of it's grown for contract straight to Big Hard and the likes. Yeah, but the majority is coming. The majority of our meat's coming direct, as I understand or as I see, is coming directly from Ireland because it's easier. Yeah. And um, there is no reason why you can't have Scottish beef and English beef and English lamb. Well, you can, and um, but this it's is permitted. The, this no, it's of course, but this is the point. And the UK has a perfect storm of Brexit and, and, and COVID pandemic. Okay, in, in Europe we don't have the Brexit issue, but we do. It does affect us, but it's not our problem. It's the British problem. But I was talking about this the other day about crisps. I didn't really fully explain my point. Now I'll get there, and you'll understand what I mean. If you're producing a product, COVID kicks in the pandemic, and say you've got a range of 40 products of crisps, 40 flavours, yeah. you need 40 different printed packets to be yeah. able to put them in. Right? Yeah. When COVID kicked in, they went, right, the huge amount of cost to get 40. I don't need 40. I don't even know if people are going to be eating crisps, to be fair. We might all be dead soon. Yeah. So why would I produce 40 flavours? I'm just going to cut it to 20. Therefore, I'm going to save on my packaging because if I order one ton of barbecue flavored packaging from my supplier of bags, that's one price. If I say to him, I'll double it to two ton, my price goes down per the packaging. So now I'm producing the same product at a lower cost because the packaging's less. It goes from two cent a pack to one yeah. cent a pack all of a sudden because I've just doubled. I mean, I'm giving you bullshit figures. I'm just saying. Yeah, they're right? annoying. What so you that's mean, what yeah. happened in COVID. Yeah. People, companies, big companies, big food corporations, conglomerates decided to cut their costs. We all did. I did I did four jobs for this business basically in 2020 well, to make sure the availability. The availability of the packaging is still there if they want to pay for it. But why would they pay for it? They don't need to anymore because COVID happened. They went, fuck it. It's going to be 20 packets of flavours. And all that bullshit we used to do, that weird crap, that yeah, people but you grad- could get you couldn't get the packets from China. Well, That's no, no. part of <laughs> When COVID first came yeah. in, but when China started producing again and other producers around the world started producing, they had to make sure the costs weren't as high. So they knocked out certain flavours and went, fuck that. 
Yeah. No, we're going to do these flavours because people go into the shop and go, I want my, oh, I haven't got it, I'll buy them instead. If you want a crisp, if it's a Pringle and you want a Pringle and your flavour of Pringles aren't there, you don't go, right, that's me, I'm done with that. You go, I'll have a different flavour tonight. It's not, but in the retail sausage game, it's not like that because you stand behind the counter and somebody comes in and they go, oh, I was here a couple of years ago and you were trialling some... um, peanut butter and pecan sausages <laughs> they were really nice have you got any and you go no and you've never seen such a look of disappointment and what you have... flavor <laughs> oh it's just random stuff peanut butter and no pecan. i use that by way of example i love that example you should make some and then we should try them no because that'd be like no 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 because no because you try and trim your number of lines down yeah not up add when I first started, I made tons of various things. Random, let's try it, let's see how it goes, rah, rah. There's people who haven't been in my shop for eight years. Come in and go, ooh, last time I was here, you did... Uh, honey mustard. Honey mustard. Yeah. I'd be like, I haven't done honey mustard for eight years. Or they go, no, 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 honest. I was here recently. I says, mate, I haven't done honey mustard for eight years. No, no, I'm sure we've been here since then. And I was like, well, it's nice in Iraq and Milan. You to keep my business going. And no, I haven't done honey mustard for eight years. You come in once every eight years, yes. buy three sausages. Yeah. And maybe uh, 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 a scotch egg. Yeah. No, but no, no, no. The thing is, as a producer, you always want to do new flavours because it keeps you excited about it, doesn't it? You want to do something new. If yes. you just did Cumberland for the rest of your life, you go, oh. If you do a honey mustard one week and go, I'm going to do something different, and you make it, people will probably buy it. They'll taste it. Either it will be popular or it won't. Yeah. But you can't keep producing new flavours and adding them as a continuous flavour, can you? No, no, no. Because also batch sizes and waste and the mathematics of... There is a proper word for it, isn't it? And I've really forgotten it. Ratio. No, what do you call it? Triage. Oh, In yeah, butchery, yeah, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's triage, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yes. But, but, so, so what we were talking about is the Brexit... Yes. thing so brexit has caused issues and then a pandemic made them even worse and now we're getting to 2023 we're in 2023 we're coming out of the the, the, the we're not coming out of the brexit problem but we're definitely coming out of the pandemic people well, are wanting to travel more I'm, and well i was i did all right out of both uh i joked before the referendum that uh, if the UK votes referendum, eventually I'll be the richest sausage maker in Europe. It was a joke. I didn't intend for it to happen. <laughs> but obviously, as you can no longer import fresh sausages, bacon, processed foods, it has been a boom time for me. Then again, my costs have gone up. COVID lockdown, uh, I knew it would have to stay open. It's fresh product. It's got a shelf life. You know, I've got to have something available for boats coming up to collect uh, to take back the crew, that Jeffries, that provisioners, you know, they'd be going, oh, we've got to take stuff to crew in flats, rah, rah. But that you couldn't make sausages every two days and expect them all to sell with so few people coming out. So I went out on the road. Best time of my life. Nobody on the roads driving around the Cote d'Azur. Beautiful sunshine, not a person. Ghost town. You'd have thought the apocalypse had hit Cannes. I've never seen anything quite so eerie. It was nice, though, because you got to work quicker. Well, yes. You got to deliveries quicker. Oh, I was out Fayence, Tourette's. I was here, there, and everywhere. It was beautiful. I, I could cover the Cote d'Azur in one afternoon. In a sick kind of way, as a food company, the pandemic wasn't that bad. Now, obviously, we didn't turn over what we would have previously in the year before, no. but... I would have to say that 
less staff, less vans, less clients, but still ticking over quite nicely was a bit of a break and quite pleasant change to the complete and utter carnage. And if you remember in 2020, when COVID kicked in, Monaco Grand Prix didn't happen that year. That's the busiest week of the, of the year by far for, yeah. for us because it's every boat arrives, everybody but wants everything, everyone's last minute, every charter's booked last minute, everybody wants just crazy shit and they want it now. It's very hard. 80, 90 deliveries just in that week. You have a breakdown, your staff have a breakdown, your vans have a breakdown, your insurance <laughs> people have a breakdown because everyone crashes the fucking vehicles. Everybody's having a breakdown. 2020, when that didn't happen, felt like a fucking holiday. I was like, this is nice in May. I go for a run <laughs> for an hour. They let me out for an hour. And we, I come up to your office, no traffic. I got stopped once by the police. I opened the window. He went, no, quickly put your window up. We're all going to fucking die. Um, but in reality, I just wanted to see my paper, which I'd signed because I'm the owner of the company. And I'd stamped because I'm the owner of the company. It was nice. Lovely time. I say I have a pandemic every five years. Oh, no, I mean, I, 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 uh, I put out in the old days before I got hacked. And I had a Facebook page that was... You got hacked? Yeah. My Facebook got hacked. I had a lovely sausage page because it was the story of sausage from the start when there was times when I used to have the energy. And, and it's the eff- all gone. Yeah. All that information, all the pictures and everything. Everything's gone. I, you, you can't get hold of Facebook once you're hacked. Well, I was hacked and I was permanently banned for um, <laughs> inciting... Maybe people it's, thought the it's, sausage it's, thing that you were talking about at the start no, I, was I, real, so they no, I blocked got, you. No, I got, blo- I got banned permanently because I was um, citing extremist Muslim... What? What do you mean? Propaganda. I, I, uh, what, I you sell m- sausages? Yeah, how ironic. A sausage page gets shut down because I was hacked by Muslims. <laughs> By Islamist really? propaganda, yes. When did this happen? Uh, just over a year ago. What the? What? I can't. Of all the crap we talk about, and you never mentioned this. Yeah, I got shut down for being an Islam, for being like, a, you know, some Islam. Oh, oh, up the Islam. Yeah. Islamophobic. Is that no, what you call kind of accused of? Oh, you being? I don't understand. Tell well, us exactly what happened well, from the start know. to the I, end. I, I got hacked. You had a Facebook page. I had a Facebook. I had a personal page and a sausage page. I was doing really well, over a thousand, you know, followers, all that. Good. Fantastic. And uh, I got my personal account got hacked by jihadi or something. There was just, my sister messaged me and she went, what the blazes are you on there, love? <laughs> I was watching the rugby game and she probably thought I'd had a few too many magnets. <laughs> and there was like a load of, um, you know, like paperclip writing. Now that's Cyrillic, isn't it? But you know, Arab, is A- Arabic, it? Arabic. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was spouting Arabic. None of us could translate. You weren't though, obviously. I it wasn't. Was just, no. You've been hacked. Somebody put loads of stuff on. Yeah, it. got hacked. And uh, oh, and then my bank account got robbed. What? Because I'd left my credit card details on Facebook. I thought it was the safest thing on the earth. What do you mean you'd left your Facebook? Oh, I'd done a Christmas promo, hadn't I? Get your turkeys, get your pigs in blankets, some sausage. Right. So, you know, you pay £20 to boost your Facebook ad. And then it was like, do you want to leave your card details on? I was like, oh, it's Facebook. Safest thing on the earth, isn't it? Yeah. Inside, so, f- hold on a minute. Facebook, your page was hacked and... During that hack, the person managed to get your credit card details. Yeah, that, I figured that's what hackers do because I always wondered what hackers did. What do you mean? 
Well, you know, you're like your mate. What do you think they did? Well, I didn't know because... It's a big axe. <laughs> no, because, <laughs> no, like, you'll be friends with somebody and then you'll get a friend request, don't you? You go, they've been hacked. But I always wondered what was the benefit of hackers. And it's obviously to find out those stupid souls, idiots, individuals, who've left their credit card details on their Facebook account. I think account. we need to get in touch with... Uh, with Zuckerberg, have a word about this. You're telling me. So, did you get your money back? Yeah, they were taking the bank. Yeah, the bank gave me the money. They were incrementally t- had large amounts coming off my card, and it was only because it was the middle of the month I spotted it. Because what sort of money are we talking? They took over two and a half thousand. <gasps> yeah, and it was only because it was middle of the month, and all your bills go out on the first or thirtieth. So you don't saw they? noticed it, and I saw it says Avenir. It's the only French I know, Avenir, wow. and uh, it said like eighteen hundred. I go say up. 1800 don't go out mid-month. And yeah, so it's straight round the bank. But once your account has been... Uh-uh, I did the old... I think my account's been hacked. But recover my account. Here's a copy of my passport. Rah, 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 rah. Just never got it back. And you can't contact them once you lose your account. So you... Hold on a minute. You created a Facebook page. You used their service. You, therefore, are the product. Yeah. They got hacked not you they got hacked because it's their website yeah you had money stolen and facebook uh, walk away scot-free uh, absolutely no fucking comeback on them at all and you've lost all your personal information that you've put on there for years for your business yeah i'd sue the fuckers no but even better is that the people who took the money was facebook dublin and so i even say every now and then when i've had I, not that i'm bitter I'm resentful. Every now and then when I've had a drink and you come up, and I go like, I'm going to see if I can get my old account back. I'm going to yeah, have when a when you've had a couple of shandies on a Friday, you're like, <laughs> yeah. right, you get home at midnight, yeah. you're like, right, yeah, I'm, I'm having it today with I Facebook. Can, I see if I can, and the, and the bot comes up and I'm like, I want my Facebook account back. How can we help? Right, okay. You banned me uh, because I was right jihadi love or something. I've told you I was hacked to the tune of two and a half thousand. That money was taken by Facebook Dublin. Now, if you don't believe that it wasn't me spouting jihadi love, then that means you've robbed me. Yeah. Because it wasn't. I. Yeah. <laughs> but you can't get in touch with Facebook once you lose your Facebook account. I, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, the more I deal with big business, the more it, it leaves me to wonder how the fuck we got here. Because I, as I told you earlier, I usually have a GoPro over here, and that films the side view, which is really nice for the for the podcast. So you get your when you're talking, me when we're talking, and then we're both getting angry and shouting at each other. We can see it all <laughs> yeah. together. It's nice. I've had the camera a very short period of time, really, and it broke no, through no fault of my own. Just stopped working. I got quite frustrated with it. Couldn't work out what what had gone on. It wouldn't even charge a battery anymore. So I sent. I went to their website. Sent a message to them on there. And they do this thing where they call you back. So I did call back. The first time he called back, it came up on the phone, Austrian number. I went to answer, it turned off already. That happened the first three fucking times, okay? So they've obviously got an issue with their programs. I was lucky enough yesterday to get this very nice gentleman called me. I now call AI robot, (laughs) okay? (laughs) I've never heard such bizarre statements from a human being. So I can only presume he was an actual voice robot which I didn't know was possible. Are they more helpful than the bots on various Yeah, yeah, much, m- much oh, more. For example, at one point, yeah, <laughs> at one point he said, oh, so you have the media mod. And I was like, well, it's definitely a human because there's no way he'd have guessed that. But then there's only so many products they have that I was describing. And I'm thinking when I look back at the conversation, it was probably a robot because at one point he turned to me and he said at the end of it, well, 
the serial number checks out and this is one of the faulty ones so he's just literally admitted that gopro have a group of products which are faulty a serial number batch which is fucked yeah and instead of contacting those people because they know they sold them to and if they don't that's a problem but anyway they know who they've sold them to it's all logged in the system with a serial code. Is this like 500 of these or 5,000 or 5 million? I, won't, I wouldn't know, would I? The point is they should have been recorded and they should have replaced them. They shouldn't wait till they break and then they do it, which means they're pieces of shit, in my opinion, okay? Yeah. Because they knew it was faulty and they didn't tell me. So they've sent it from their website. It's in their batch of serial codes. It's faulty. They haven't told me it needs to be replaced before it broke. Forget that. That's just bullshit. But yeah. anyway, we'll move on. I'll accept that. He finally says to me, no problem. I've just emailed you uh, documents that you can go on to a particular website. All the documents have been created for you to ship it back to us. Free shipping with UPS. Just have to go to you. Fine. No problem. I said, great. I said, he goes, so in two days, everything will be. I said, great. So I'll get my camera in two days. He went, no, no, no. It's going to be probably anywhere up to three weeks for you to get a replacement. I said, so I've given you 500 euros. You've sent me one of the cameras that's in the batch of faulty cameras. And now you're telling me it's three weeks. I said, can you give me one reason why you're... That, that why sounds can't they just dispatch on there and there? Straight away. I said to him, it sounds to me like you're smoking crack. <laughs> I said, that's the truth. That's how I'm feeling about this conversation. I'm a normal human being and you're a crack smoker. Because only a crack smoker would tell me that it takes three weeks to get a camera from Holland. I could walk, I said to him, I could walk to Holland and back in under three weeks. And you're telling me three weeks to replace a camera that you knew was broken. I said, bollocks, my friend, get your shit together. Get your supervisor on the phone. I said, I doubt they'll help me, but let's get them on. He wouldn't give me a supervisor. And then he said the most bizarre thing, which makes me think he may be an AI robot. He said, you see, it's the quarantine. I what? Went, I stopped mid-rant and went, what? He said, it's the quarantine. I said, have you got any idea what conversation we're talking about? We're not talking about COVID. I said, why have you, why have you mentioned quarantine? Why have you got some love going on? It's not it? a dog. I'm not sending a dog to, to Amsterdam and you're going to have to stick it in six months quarantine and then finally when it comes out the other end, I'll go, yeah, I am broken. That's not the case. The GoPro risk of rabies is up at the moment. I said to him, what, what are you talking about? What, why? <laughs> I was just completely shocked. It's a quarantine. He kept going on about it, saying weird things. Like it needs to be checked and monitored and quarantine what? maybe what? he thinks you've got something contagious very weird <laughs> conversation in the end i said to him you know what been on the phone 45 minutes now apart from the other three calls that, and the emails and all the bullshit that we've had to go through i'm at that point where i need to run my business otherwise i won't need a gopro camera anymore because i'll be bankrupt i've got an office <laughs> full of people who need to be trained because it's a new start of the season i need to be on my game because it's a new part of the season where i'm starting to get busy i need my shit together and you're wasting my time talking about quarantine cameras so as far as i'm concerned i will be sending a message to the ceo on linkedin later i do that a lot but if you don't provide the service that you should do you deserve that you deserve a message. So I messaged the founder of GoPro and told him, you should get in touch with me because I'm a customer and I've been a customer since the GoPro one. Yeah. So I'm a good customer. I'm the kind of person you need. Yeah, but that was in the day. I mean, this is where like big business and small business, where it's, it's kind of just splitting off because 
yourself and me, as small business owners, uh, we feel that we're at the end of the phone and if anything's wrong, you know, if somebody... But we're in... I'm, I mean, you are as well. Stupid industries are a little bit different. You know, we don't work mon- Monday to Friday, 9 to 5. My clients call me on a Sunday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I could be with, yeah, with anybody. I'm... I could be out for lunch. I could be on the golf course. I could be out for a walk with somebody. I could be in the gym. They call, I answer the phone. I go, yes, how can I help you? Nice to speak to you because I value my customers. And you're the same. And yeah, and they expect to speak to a person and to get the matter resolved. Straight away. <laughs> Straight away. If you've got a problem with your orange line, you're fucked. Yeah. If your orange box has gone down, it's a nightmare. But I, it's a nightmare. How do these people stay in business? How did they ever create a business? They got such a high amount of customers that they turned around. They sat in a board meeting one day and they went, right, I say, fuck the customer. I think it's because they've got all this. So we basically don't complain. And it's only like the real yeah. angry, bitter folk that go, right, I want this matter sorted. I have not paid. I, I work too hard for my bloody pennies to, for you to get away with to this. To shaft me. <laughs> to shaft me. To, to force me to bend over. And do you know what the thing is? <laughs> Everybody on this planet understands that sometimes there's problems with stuff. Hmm. We, as a company, sometimes don't get it right. You know? Yeah. Sometimes you don't get it right. Sometimes our clients, who are, in my case, chefs or stewardesses, they make mistakes. Yes. I understand that my suppliers can sometimes make errors. and But when you do make an error, have the decency and respect for your customer to do something about it. Yeah. To actually communicate with them correctly. To actually go, geez, you know what? You're absolutely right. That's a problem. That's That camera is a known issue. We should have contacted you previously and replaced it. We should have sent you a replacement and an email saying, it's on its way. Please, will you send back the other camera and had some respect for the fact that we're customers? Not, wait till it breaks and then tell me to go fuck myself for three weeks. What? What if you even re- I mean, never mind. Ugh. I, I mean, don't it's, understand. It's not even that you, d- you don't The lack it. of customer care. The no. lack of caring about the customer. Well, at what point do they cross over? I'm sure when GoPro first started, they'd have come out and licked your bottom to make sure you've got the GoPro. And they'd have been, we are the best. We yeah, are exactly. the best. We'll hold your hand. But now they don't, they seem to have forgotten, like a lot of big businesses, that their product has been made better by other companies in other parts of the world where it's cheaper and the customer service is better. Yeah. GoPro supposed to be a reasonably high-end product. They're hmm. widely used especially in the filming industry, even professionally they used. Top Gear, for example. Yeah. They're in all the cars everywhere filming all the time, right? <laughs> They're a popular product, high-end. If you're a high-end product, you have to give high-end customer service. And if you're not willing to do that, stop doing it and go and work on the Tills and Tesco and fucking give up. Because yeah. don't start a business if you're not willing to look after the customer. Don't start a business if you're not willing to follow through with what you said you were going to do week one, day one. Because if you stood there and said, I'm going to make sure the customer gets treated properly, then do it. Exactly. But don't stop doing it because you got too big and you're sitting on your own yacht somewhere, not giving a fuck anymore. Because then you're phoning me asking for your Wagyu beef on a Sunday. Does he buy sausages? He might do. I don't know. We should get in touch with him. <laughs> I can't remember what his name is. Mr. GoPro. <laughs> but I'm really upset. It's just another company on my list now. In, re- in reality, I will never buy another GoPro. I will look for an alternative company to do it. Because basically, I've been treated like shit. 
Is there another GoPro though? It's like Hoover. There's all sorts of cameras. There's all sorts Everybody of chooses the word GoPro though, don't they? Yeah, it's they the do. generic. Well, that's because it was the first that came out with that really cool handheld. Pro- the problem with the battery lasts an hour now. Really? An hour and you're done. <laughs> I don't know. I can't go down that route. How we got on to GoPros, I don't know. No. But generally what we're talking about is customer service. And you know and I know that we both have to offer the best customer service. Yes. I remember in the pandemic, you were driving around Fayence delivering three sausages to people and a slice of bacon. Tell <laughs> a bit more, but no, but you we would talked about like this. that. Yes. We talked about this. How do you get your product out there to people? Because... You know and I know, if it's a boat and they say I'll have 20 kilos, you're happy. You know, it's 20 kilos, you'll whiz down the port, send a van, send somebody, great. But the problem is, in all of those places like Valbon and Roquefort-le-Pin and Tourette's, whatever, and middle of nowhere, Dessur or whatever, all of those places, there's lots of people, they all want a 500-gram pack of sausages, a 500-gram pack of bacon, and that's it. Well, COVID changed deliveries. Yeah. Before COVID, everybody shopped. Well, this is what I'm. This is why I mention it because the, one of the shops used to have your product in, it's just gone down. Yes, used to have your shop, your products in Jeffrey's Fontype. Yeah, it's gone. That's gone. That was a big place where a lot of people would whiz in, and they'd get their Robinson's cordial and their twirl bar. <laughs> their curly whirly. Their, their tunics caramel wafer. There we go. Tunic. Tullock's caramel wafer. Their wagon, packet of wagon wheels and discount biscuits. Smaller than they used to be. Nice. And they go, ooh, British sausages, made locally, fantastic, award-winning, gold star sausages. And they'd buy them in there, wouldn't they? Yeah. That's gone now. Yeah. So how do you, have you solved that? Because there's other British, there's another British shop locally. Have you got them in there, for example? No. Okay. Is that something that you are working on? Um, For all of those people, we know where it is. It's Britain's, it's up the road, it's in Valbonne, next to the doctor's, very well-known shop. Should be taking care of sausage people, really, all the way along that area. Be up Valbonne, Rockford, the Pan. They all come through there. Yeah, I, 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 I did go up and uh, I made a proposal, various proposals, a collection rendezvous with a bit of bonus for her, swap my sausages... I would just maybe guess that she was slightly overwhelmed at the time with the other people. Obviously, there's you know there are other provisioners are available, yeah. um, and that the, the, there'd be a lot of people uh, making contact with yeah. her around the time I went up to ask. Which I'll was, give her the benefit of the doubt. Was that when J- Jeffrey stopped? Beginning of this year, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so, so generally, that's an option on the table, though, for both of you, isn't it? Yes, it and is I'd, an I'd love to see a product in there. I think it would be great. I think it'd be great for you. I think it'd be great for her. It'd be great for the people in that region because they can't come to Antibes and pick up. They're not coming down to Jeffrey's like they were because yeah. it's not there. So unless they've got another reason to come to Antibes, would they come to get a five hundred gram pack of sausages? Well, they do actually. Okay, well, sure. So, well, <laughs> so, some people's mentalities change. Some people they'll stop at Britain's and then they'll come into Antibes just for the sausages. Some people have a very laissez-faire approach to sausages and they'll just go to Super U and get some chippos. And then okay. when I see them, they'll go, oh, I had to make do with CPU chippos because I couldn't be bothered to come to Antibes. And that kind of, weirdly enough, that goes against why I opened the shop because whilst I lived in London and when I lived in the UK, is that you'd hear about something and you'd have a day out to go and try or get things like we used to, I mean, 
all right, we only drove 10 miles to go get our sausages, but it was like a local farmer. And my mum would go buy like a 25 kilo bag of sausages. Yeah. We had chest freezers. And so to me, my hunter gathering goes beyond the supermarket in my high street and that, uh, like, I was living near Richmond Park, so you go and find the butchers that have got the royal venison. So, and, like, when you live in, like, well, I was living in southwest London, but you go over to East London because there's somebody doing something over in Shoreditch or Brick Lane and you go try things. And I thought that would be the mentality here. I was wrong. No, I think you are. You are I think you, you, you're right into to thinking it could have been. Because in reality, I think people who are here are not lazy. They just can't be bothered. It's, it's as simple yeah. as that. They just go, I can't be bothered. Because there is nowhere to park in Ontario. Oh, well, the Marie is doing his best to screw that up. Isn't there it? is nowhere to park. In no. the old days, I used to drive down. I used to drive my van, go and park right outside Jeffrey's, put my lights on, flash them on the, out, outside the gaff, right? <laughs> park, everyone used flash, to park opposite the gaff. Flashing outside the gaff. Flashing outside the gaff. I'd run the... in, I'd get my order, I'd jump in the van, put it in, I'd be gone. Right? Now there's the bollards. Now you can't even park there. You can't even get in there. They've closed it all off. So... There is nowhere to park, and they say we'll park in one of the car parks, not not with a Renault uh, Kangoo, uh, sorry traffic with a refrigeration unit on the top. It's it's two two point one, no, so you can't you park can't it. You can't even get the places. port car park. But this is the problem. Look, the whole region's got this issue. Most car parks are one point nine meters. Yeah. So if you've got a, a traffic which is two meters or two point one with an air conditioning unit, you're done. Yeah. You can't park anywhere. We used to go to the Bio Italian over uh, near the um, stadium. Mm. Can't park anywhere there. No. They've closed all the car parks with these barri- roof barriers where it's 1.9. You can't get in. All those businesses are losing money because the people can't park there. Well, it's, it's... Not everyone's got a fucking mini. No, well, it's stymieing everywhere because when I was looking for a second premises, I was thinking, oh, do I go to the old town on team, get get a lot of tourists, get out and get more, you know, sell more sausage bacon sandwiches, cafe sausage shop, right, right. But for the likes of yourselves and anybody else, nightmare you, to get to. after 10 o'clock in the morning, I can't receive deliveries after 10 o'clock in the morning. So if I've got my packaging turns up, you know, I've got about half a ton of packaging at a time. The seasons. If I have a delivery after 10 o'clock in the morning, they just leave it at the bollards. You can't. You've oh, got, yeah. and, and if you want, if somebody wants to take away more than one supermarket bag of sausages, they've got to do 47 trips yeah. to come in with a little like pump trolley <laughs> because you can't actually drive anywhere near a premises. So is that why you opened up in Golshua? Kind of, yeah. Make yeah. it easier for people to get in. It's a rock and hard place around here, to be honest. Uh, I wanted to be up in here, Tuamalan, San Bernard. The activities that can be carried out in buildings, the rents, the st- peerage is signing up for, what landlords want to take place in a building is all a very different opinion to what you have you want from, from yeah. a building. So I spent six months looking. I know you can spend longer, but I got to a point where I just need a prem- yeah. <laughs> it is It is ideal-ish. It's not but perfect, it's but not it, what it'll, get, it'll get you through. Well, I can make and I can store more sausages. That's the key thing for now. Um, it certainly doesn't alleviate, um, you know, the, oh, but Emma, there's no parking, which is what I get to hear a lot. You're coming out delivering, there's no parking. Have um, you thought about opening a restaurant? <laughs> Restaurant. I'm actually. Well, I'm trying to develop my website to include deliveries. 
but would you not open up a restaurant? I'd love to. Like where you, I mean, we're sausage bacon based. So you could do, for example, obviously you do breakfast, English breakfast, right? Yeah. That's no problem. I mean, look, there is places in Antibes, for example, where you can go and get an English breakfast. Well, they all use my product. They all use your product. So I won't actually go up against them. No, 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 no. You're not going up against them. You have every right to sell your product where you want, unless they completely buy you out of, I'd do it. But if you think about it, obviously English breakfast is one option, but you could do healthy options as well. You could even do vegan breakfast. That's really popular these days. You can get soy, uh, um, sorry, not soy, tofu. You mash it up with a fork, a bit of turmeric, a bit of black Himalayan salt. Gives it the smell of eggs, right? Put it in the bin. Uh, you could put it in the bin. And then you mash it up, it looks like a scrambled egg. egg. Yeah. You can get fake bacon. You can do... No, 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 because th- this really irks me. Good. That it, be vegan, be vegetarian. I eat a lot of vegetables. But do you know what? Don't buy uber-processed food to be a vegan. If you're going to be vegan, learn how to cook. Take your pulses, take your vegetables, chop them, dice them, fry them. But don't be adding fake egg, fake this, that and the other. Because basically you've got more chemicals in your food than there is in sausages and bacon. So how do you feel about things like Beyond Burgers, things like that? I'm not big on them. Make your own veggie Bean burger. No, I don't think if you you can't be sit and be pious. No, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying all vegans and vegetarians are pious, but they do let you know. Um, <laughs> seriously, they do. They they walk in my shop and let me know. What do you mean? They come in and go fucking meat seller. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> they, walk they, out. they come in and go. They go. They, oh, I'm, oh, January's a great month because you know it's really really quiet and you're still exhausted from Christmas. And uh, but you've got to be there and you know there's a minimum amount of everything I make you know each time. And, oh, people love to come in. Oh, Emma, you won't be seeing me this month. Well, you're here now. I'll go, I'll go, Veganuary, Veganuary. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so great you've got the time to come in and tell me that. I feel so much better. Yeah, loving it, yeah. But no, people love to tell me they're vegetarian. People come in and, and tell you... They're doing Veganuary, yeah. Do they what? spray your shop with vegan graffiti in the middle of the night? No, they're not, they're, 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 they're not quite so big. No, Although I don't, I'm normally careful not to wind them up because I know they can be a venomous little bunch of people. I'm surprised to get the energy, but it's they've got no meat protein. But it, to, to me, it's it's <laughs> I, look, I I don't understand it. It's like if I don't drink alcohol, I don't care if anyone else does. It's nothing to do with me. Yeah, it's their choice. If you are a vegan and I like to have a sausage, I don't care if you're a vegan. It don't bother me. Yeah. Why would it? Well, the same as if you were trans. It's not nothing to do with me, what, what you what you choose. And I'm more than happy for you to choose to be a sausage-eating trans who enjoys train travel. But don't think that that is nothing correct to do with me. and p- inflict But your... it's got nothing to do with anybody else. No, you can be whatever you Vegan want, but I don't need to hear about eater, it. it doesn't matter to anybody else. It shouldn't be something they come into your shop and go, I'm vegan, and I won't be buying sausages for a month. Yeah, but that's because they because have no other personality. <laughs> Those the people that come in your shop and watch only, this will be like, oh my It's God. the only thing about them. It's like, Emma, I have to tell you, I'm going veganuary. Yeah. It's like, it's like the most exciting thing you've got about yourself. It's like people that grow a moustache in November, <laughs> and they then tell me, they go... <laughs> And I look at them and go, it still looks stupid. <laughs> I see them in the gym, they walk in like this. You remember, like Chandler from Friends yeah. when he grew a moustache because Thomas Selleck was in it. They look like that when they come in the gym, sporting the moustache. And I'm looking at them going, 
Okay, interesting choice, <laughs> but it's their choice. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. They probably yeah. look at me and go, yeah. idiot. Great, no problem. Yeah. No, I mean, you can't... I, I, I have nothing against vegans and vegetarianism per se. You could be what you damn well want, you know, and say. But you needn't tell me. And number two, you needn't go on to me. There's actually more than two, but I'll try and keep so what, it short. What they consume is not relevant to you. Well, <laughs> it's only relevant when they're going to be pious. Right. And when they go, oh, you're farting pigs, Em. Killing the planet. Kill it, Emma. Your farting pigs are killing the planet. They say what? Your farting pigs, your farting cows. The CO2 is killing the planet. And it's like, yeah, your avocados and almonds flown from uh, Latin America. Yeah. They're just saving it, aren't they? Really, really, really. You know, and they chomp at the chunt on about um, deforestation for soy to yeah. feed cows. It's like, well, hang on, half of your diet's friggin' soy. Yeah, it's, it's, it, look, it's, the thing is, right, we're living in a market economy as a world. That's a global market economy. Things are done to produce food, which in an ideal world, if we were intelligent as a species, which we're not, would be different. So, for example, Mexico, yeah. avocados. Yeah. They channel water around villages so it can go to an avocado farm. Yeah. And then charge that village huge amounts for bottled water saying there isn't any other water for them. And the water that goes to the farm is subsidised by the government for the conglomerate company that owns the, the, the avocado farm. So yeah. anybody who goes on about avocados isn't free of being Guilt. part of the problem. Yeah, but We're all part of the problem. Yeah. Listen, and therefore, sorry to disturb you, dis no. disrupt you, but therefore anybody who wants to stand on their high horse about anything hmm. is talking bollocks. They should all just live their fucking life, enjoy what they do, be happy. If they want to eat pulses and turn it into a vegan ve vegan burger, it's not a problem. I don't care. I sell food. If you phone me up and say we need loads of beans, we're making beans. Great. Fantastic. I hope you make them and they're the best bean burgers in the world. If you want Wagyu mints to make beef burgers yourself, great. If you want the beef burger made previously and packaged so you don't need to make, fine, no problem. I'm not here to judge people. We all doing here yeah and in our car when we're in our metal box None driving down the road right, yeah. we're all fucking <laughs> but the point is this is the problem everybody seems to think their opinions more important than someone else's and that's why i call this is just conjecture yeah basically because it's not my opinion's not relevant if you want to listen to it listen to it. if you don't don't it's not a problem i'm doing this to try and broaden people's knowledge yeah from these ridiculous statements i hear which are based on zero information or false information or complete lies. I just want to sometimes maybe give the other perspective. Yeah. You know, that's all. People in the UK talking about Brexit saying to me, but you've, you don't live here anymore. No, you're absolutely right. I wouldn't live in the UK. You'd have to burn me on fire at a stake before you'd find <laughs> me living in the UK. I'm not from the U. I'm not from England. I'm from the Isle of Man, okay? So yeah. I'm kind of not even... In, not, people think I'm in, not English. But I wouldn't live in the UK basically because i don't respect it anymore but that's my opinion and my choice i live in france that's tricky this isn't <laughs> my ideal place to live because i struggle i have people in my apartment who say horrible things about me to my face thinking i don't speak french when i do awful horrible statements i hear them talking about saying to each other oh you're not talking to that english person are you well one i'm not english and manx so fuck you 
Mank. Manx. Oh, sorry. Manx. People call me English. I'm not English. It's like if you go to a Scotsman calling English, you'll have but you. But I'm from the Isle of Man, so it's okay to insult me and say I'm English. Well, I'm not English. I'm Manx. It's my nationality just as much as your nationality might be French or Belgian or English or whatever. So people need to get their shit together, okay? Yeah. Just because I have an English accent doesn't mean I'm English. Anywho, that's a, uh, that's a trigger for me. <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, because if you said to a Scottish person you're English, they flip the lip. Himself. But funny enough, to, yeah. as an English person, everybody feels every right to ask that if I'm from Great Britain. And yeah. when I go, no, I'm English, yeah. they go, that's Great Britain. I go, no, well, English. If I had to stand up for English people for a minute, I'd say the English people have to be insulted. It's part of the deal. And the reason they have to accept it is because they have all of these other countries they control that have their no, they have no right in controlling. Scotland, Wales, uh, and Northern Ireland. Okay? In reality... In reality, if I was Prime Minister tomorrow, there's a few things i put in place. I'd turn around and go, no problem. Would you get rid of them because they're a bit like... No, I wouldn't get rid of them because they're a bit like anything. Thank you for it. What, their accents are weird? No, oh, no, it's them I... and the chips on the shoulders, isn't it? Well, they've got a chip on the shoulder because they've been abused. They've been persecuted. That's the truth. It's the same as, you know, it's like when people talk about... Um, right, right, I mean, this is something that really is difficult to talk about but i want your opinion so at the moment we have a war in ukraine a lot of people unhappy about this i'm very unhappy about it. i think it's absolutely ridiculous i think it shows complete weak leadership from pr- literally everybody in the west it shows that the world's economy is fucked I had a conversation with a guy in the gym the other day um he's he's, he's an indian guy living here love him to bits by the way nothing about him it's just he was like well why shouldn't india buy cheap oil from russia well Everyone, yeah, you're all doing that. And then I went online and looked. He's got a valid point. Why can't India have their industrial revolution and burn fossil fuel? Because we did it. That's how we got rich. We then built boats and went to oh, those no, countries no, because, and nicked all their shit. Oh, no, no, because uh, us, America, and a few others are going, no, no, no. You're not allowed to have an industrial revolution. No, you're not allowed to. Because we've dirtied the air. Yeah, we've done it. That's how we burnt our forests down, burnt all our coal, right? Built very rich countries. And then tell everyone, oh, you shouldn't burn fossil fuel. No, it's, it's a bit hypocritical to conclude. It's very But as far as the planet's concerned, why don't we, instead of telling people what they should do, helping them do the right thing, which we didn't. Now, there wasn't solar energy and power and batteries that handled all that shit when we did it in the 1800s. Yeah. There is now. There is possibilities where you can, you could literally even, prob- this is probably bullshit. Given wind farms. If this was Joe Rogan's show, we'd have Jamie look it up online, but I'm not doing it on my phone because I've got time. <laughs> the point is, they're even talking about paint being put on buildings that you put electrodes in it and it literally charges batteries from the sun, right? There's many, many ways of solving these problems. The problem is we don't want to do it quite yet because of big business. But Well, we also don't want but, to help them too much in case they get bigger than us. Well, that's the other thing. But but the big problem with... with and, and I saw... I've seen the Indian Prime Minister, the Iranian Ayatollah. I've heard... I've seen, one after another has made the same statement, which... Is true. It doesn't matter what anyone says about what their personal situation is in their country is. Not my point to, to go into that. I've got my own personal opinions, but it's irrelevant for this conversation. But they're saying you invaded sovereign country back in the nineties and yeah. the two thousands. Iraq had nothing to do with nine eleven. Whatever your opinion on nine eleven is, let's yeah. leave that over there for a minute, right? It had nothing to do with Iraq. Iraq did not have weapons of mass destruction. And all the intelligence people telling us it did was bullshit. It's not true. We know that's, that's a fact. They can, they can tell me I'm wrong. It's, it's true. 
those countries now are saying and this is why you can't get away with that shit long term you go and attack a foreign country take it over behead the leader or hang the leader whatever they did to Saddam Hussein and I'm not saying Saddam Hussein was a nice man that's not my point either yeah but it's not our right to go around the world telling people how to live it's not our right to control other countries we did it during colonialism that didn't end well no over a million people died in India in civil war after the British left now we've gone to Iraq and done it and then when Putin attacks Ukraine it generally puts us in a position where we can't say no. Because if we go in with soldiers and defend Ukraine, which is what we should be doing, yeah, that's what we morally should be doing. We should have put the, the line in the sand on January the 1st, 2020, fucking two, yeah. and said one Russian soldier into sovereign land. There's our line, mate. Yeah, Full yeah, stop. Yeah. You do crossed it, it. You do what you want. There's the fucking line. Cross it. It's finished. We're done. Mm-hmm. And for Putin to turn around and say things like, well, this is basically because you've you've encroached on some, you know, too close to me. You've broken the pacts we signed in 1980. Again, all true, but it doesn't give him the right to kill innocent people. And that's the main point. I see these fucking 12-year-olds on the internet giving their opinions, saying, no, oh, but we've done this. We've all done terrible shit. If yeah. you look back in history, every country's done terrible, terrible things. That's, that is littered through history. Murder, pillage, awful shit. Slavery. <laughs> Slavery, you name it. Awful fucking shit. But I don't see and meet a German person and punch him on the nose because my, great, <laughs> my grandfather's brother died in a prisoner of war camp. That's because it's not that person's responsibility no, to take right. that on the chin. It would be wrong to do that. I didn't invade Iraq, but I know that invading Ukraine's wrong. And yet, because of our checkered history of the West's checkered history around the world, we're now in a position where we're not even allowed an opinion on it and say what we really feel because we get thrown in our face with the past. And that's the problem we have. If you do bad shit and then you turn around and say, oh, it's wrong to do that, we're going to stop you. Where's your moral line? Where's your compass? So it's okay for you to do it, but it's not okay for me. I have to pay GoPro the day I buy it. But they can then take it back and for three weeks fuck me around without giving me another camera. All of these things drive me crazy. I have yeah. to go and sit with a lady once so we can talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's just no, it's just it's just the perspective of history, isn't it? Because I don't think what happened x hundred years ago anywhere is right but i'm not going to sit there and apologize for an ever and a day um we learn and and some people go don't say you learn and you move on because that's just too easy to say isn't it but is that i'm not going to go down any that's slavery or previous things that have happened or supporting or i'm not going to go to the beach or i'm not going to go on holiday and try and get there early to put my towels out before the germans i'm not of that ilk um sorry to tap <laughs> I've lost my strength. Did you go on to towels and Germans? I, t- I, was, I was going back to... No, That's I, very I was, British. No, <laughs> English. <laughs> oh, you said, okay, very English complaint. But then queuing's yeah. the big one as well, isn't it? Queuing's fantastic because British... Nobody else in the world understands how the British feel about queuing. What, my hatred? Oh, you, you don't like queuing? I you, hate queuing. Have you ever been queuing. in freaking supermarkets here? The man with his little purse that he shakes for his bronze... Is what? Oh, come on. Do you not shop? Yeah, every day. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like... So, men do this thing 
is that you st- they stand there in the queue, tut-tutting about how slow the queue's moving. And this is maybe more Frenchmen than Englishmen. But this the tut-tutting about how slow the queue's moving. And, and then when they get to pay, is they'll bring out their wallet with, and they'll peel off a couple of notes. But if it, say, comes to 2142, they'll peel off a 20. And then they'll get this little, like, wallety thing that opens. And they shake it. And then all this bronze comes forward. And then they start counting out the bronze to the 142. And they wondered why they had to wait. Are you, are you, <laughs> I didn't realise people used cash in a supermarket these days. Yeah. I use card. I don't ever use cash. A little bit like the king, really. I mean, that's how I associate myself. <laughs> I don't carry cash around and use cash. You've got to use cash. Who uses cash? Why would you go to a supermarket where they take card and fuck around with pennies and, and little bits of paper? How, move the fuck on. Why would you not just bang your card on? There we go. Fucking hell. Well, because as a retailer, I get charged every time you use card, full stop. Do you not include that in the price of your product? It's illegal. Well, if you charge thirteen fifty a kilo, charge it's illegal. fourteen euros a it's kilo. It's illegal to include a credit card fee on a retail sale. No, it's not. If you don't call it that, you change the price of yeah, your product. Yeah, but then you're just still moving the. Uh, you're still even if you charge fourteen fifty, you still I mean, get look, a percentage charge. To a degree, this is actually a really interesting. But subject. we shouldn't have a cashless society. How are we supposed to tip people? Okay, there's ways of doing all of that. I mean, if you want to go into crypto, we can do. But the point is, that's a solution which is coming. But I understand where you're coming from. Somebody was talking to me about this the other day. If you, if I pay you 100 euros, say there's 100 euros here on my bank account, and I get my card out and I pay you 100, 2% of that goes to the bank credit card companies for the fees. Visa. Yeah. Right? Whoever. So now you've only got 98 euros, really. Yeah. Because you're paying the fee. Yeah. So out of that 100, you've now got 98. Yeah. Then you pay somebody and I've 98 also, euros I've and also, they lose 2% and it carries all the way down. Generally, I, I, I came to the conclusion this is, and I was wondering if somebody could explain it to me, but therefore all we're really doing is transferring all of our money eventually to Visa, MasterCard and the bank. Yeah. All of it. Yeah, eventually, yeah. Because if you've got 100 and it goes 2% every time, it takes a long time and lots of payments, but billions of payments are happening every day. <laughs> so generally, all the money's just disappearing. It's like a half out. life. Yeah, it's a disappearing out of society and it's going to the Visa, MasterCard like and the bank. The irradiation of money. <laughs> but 2% charging a card fee is outrageous. That's my point. And which is why I mentioned virtual. crypto, because if you're doing a crypto transaction, it's 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 a penny. XRP, Ledger, it's, it's less than that. It's tenths of a penny to do the transfer and i'm not talking about paying a hundred twenty thousand so I, I even though i think a lot of people you know see the crypto market gone to shit recently all of the business that's happened with that i still believe that it is the future because we cannot afford to be paying mastercard and visa and a bank two percent every time i pay for something you could all just hand over a bit of cash yes but then i've got to go to a bank and get the cash out well no and because, the banks are making that because no, if somebody when you when somebody bought something from you, they gave you cash. Well, I can't do that within my business because I'm not allowed <laughs> to take any more than a thousand euros in a sale. When we do boat orders, it's very rarely to go, yeah, I'll just have one cucumber, please. They do do that. They do ask for <laughs> that and then go, well, you've got to pay a delivery fee. You, you'll, need, you'll need a case. But the point is, it, it's, it's, we can't take cash. 
And nobody pays cash in yachts anymore. We don't receive cash. I think we had one payment of cash last year. No. That's it. I know, I, know, I know cash is, but I know cash is less. And, you know, you can't go, what is it, if you want to buy a car here, you're only allowed... Yeah, I think it's only about 500 euros maximum cash transaction no, now in France. you pay 1,000 euros for anything, can't you, in cash, I think. I don't know. It used to be 3,000. They were a big board in Metro. <coughs> Do you remember? Metro, yeah, is now 1,000 or 1,500. 1,000 euros, yeah, yeah, you think you're allowed 1,000, yeah. yeah. But no, I, I think it's the man who has the bread shop, the baguette. Yeah, but the you problem with cash me. is all the black money in every country. If mm. people are receiving cash, they'll pay their supplies in cash, they'll get a discount. Everyone will go, cash, 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 cash. And therefore, what's happening is the government sees the lack of money coming in through taxes and raises the taxes. And so the honest person's paying higher taxes and butchers, bakers, candlestick makers <laughs> are generally, you know, look, let's be fair, a lot of butchers and bakers are receiving cash. Because I used to stand outside the butcher when I was waiting for my meat back in the day, and there would just be a long line of people in their 80s all paying cash. Well, that's, they're only buying one slice of ham. Do you one know what they like ham, One slice of ham, please. Here's my three euros. That's pretty much what's happening. They'd go one chicken breast, two chipolatas. What else do you want? Half a slice of ham. And they would pay cash. And I would see him just receiving cash constantly. Obviously, he's putting it in his till. But I know the French system is fucked, as it probably is in many other places. Because if you, I know if cash is going into a business in most of these places... It's not all going being being declared, is it? No, but you you are aware though that your till in your shop is that the vat man can come in at any point. Depends what till you've got though, doesn't it? You're supposed to have. It's supposed to, but not everybody can go and afford a two grand till. No, you ask, but you'll get done for not having the till. Will you? Yes. And there's a few premises, like you know, like the old bars. There's a few old bars where, where when the new, oh, I forgot what number it is. It's called like F eight two five or something. Uh, there was a few bars and things that if you previously had just like a little open box, you know, with a little where you put the coins in, you were allowed to continue. But you have you have a till that is chipped to the government. Oh, really? Yes. So as if you could, the old double till system, so they have your oh, that's really? gone. Because remember, in the old days, you'd have two identical tills. This one's in your shop. Sorry. And then when you get home, when you haven't got the stuff there, you look at your... And you do, you know, you do your X and your Y numbers. So in the old days, when you got home, you had the same make and model of till, and you fiddled your X and your Y, so you still had the printout, the daily oh, printout to give really? to the accountant. The old two-till method, yeah. But they've stopped that now, because wow. they can see what every transaction is you've done during the day. So you can't... The only way you can hide cash, this, this is a lesson on how to hide cash. It's, if, if somebody Definitely been taken down off YouTube. Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's only if somebody comes in, like if the, a baguette is a euro, and they put a euro on the counter and you don't ring it in, but you don't have a big brother. And uh, Mr. Macron and the rest of them are watching you. Well, the problem is taxes are too high, which is why people try to cheat it. If taxes yeah. were lower, people go, what, it's 15%, that's cool. But when I'm paying a euro equivalent every euro i pay a member of staff i feel bitter about that oh don't start me on it i do social charges in france if i give you a euro <laughs> i give the government a euro i feel bitter about it well because if i'm paying you two grand a month it's costing me four yeah no. how am i supposed to run a business on that no it's very hard and <laughs> i don't understand that because they're politicians and they sit there with their free private chefs and they're whining from the elysee paris fucking wine stock and they sit there 
generally not comprehending what the, the, the business person goes through. And then I have this outrageous bullshit that I see on these fucking investment channels or wherever it may be on, on, on Instagram or TikTok, whatever. And they go, if you were sick, your boss would have your job filled by Friday. <laughs> right. Well, let's just fucking talk about that for a minute because this is another trigger for me. What did you want me to do? You get sick. You work here and you're sick, right? And you go, right, I can't work for you six months or ever again. What do you want me to go in the office on Monday and go, I need a meeting. Let's all get together. Right, guys, I'm going to have to close the business down because John's left. He's not well. He's got an ingrown toenail. So out of respect for him (laughs) and not wanting to refill his position as driver, I've decided to close the business down. So all of you looking to pay your rent next month, have a word with John not my responsibility anymore i'm closing the business it's not a fucking realistic thing to say and it's disrespectful not just to the business owner who most are very fucking good people who just want to pay their rent and make money like you like me like many people i know they're fucking respectful good quality businesses they respect their staff they care about them they do shit for them they're always wanting to make sure they're happy so they can do a good job because we're all selfish at the end of the day and that's what it's all about but to tell me that I'd have your job advertised and therefore I'm a bad person is fucking bullshit. It's unrealistic and it's disrespectful to everybody working in that business. What should I say to the one drive we have left? Mate, you're doing double time. Get yourself out there because John's not well. <laughs> Otherwise, everyone's getting fired today. It's bullshit. It's not. It, it's, it's this bullshit that's posted on Instagram to make people think they shouldn't work for somebody anymore and they should all start side hustle in their own business. Side hustle. Well, let me tell you, most people's side hustles don't pay the rent. And another thing, most people couldn't run a business because the stresses involved on it on a daily basis and the shit you have to go through are so ridiculous. Most people go, fuck it, I'll go to car for on the tills. It's much easier. <laughs> 35 hours a week, the odd overtime <laughs> at Christmas and New Year. And in reality, I do my shift and leave. Oh, yeah. No, no grief, no hassle. I oh. go home and I don't think, oh, I wonder if the till will work tomorrow. They don't care. They have none of that. Last night, what was I doing? Was I sitting, chilling, watching Netflix last night as a business owner in, in April? No. no. Going through every single possible thing that I might need to do today to get my business running smoothly. Make sure my staff have the tools they need to do it. My clients have the product. I'm lying in bed just before going to bed going, shit, I better quickly email that supplier because that was an issue with that yesterday. I'm constantly doing it. Obviously, I'm doing podcasts now. Never stop. I'm I'm doing this to help represent the com- the company, but also so people understand that people like you and me, and other providers of product, and yacht chefs who've come on the podcast, and other all sorts of people, all sorts of interesting people, have a place to say how it really is, so everyone can appreciate the shit they go through. Everyone goes through shit. No one has an easy life. Uh, no, I just, I'm sorry, I was just sat there. It's just, I, I, mean, I've got, I, th- I mean, I grew up on a farm, so obviously I'm slightly right wing. And uh, I just think that uh, France, they're so totally slick, socialist. Ugh. Where was it? 40, 50% of the uh, working population are civil servants. Government, government employees. Government employees. Yeah. Um, of course, of which several of them are sat on buses at the moaning at the moment, moaning that they might have to sit on their ass for another two years. But they wouldn't to get their pension. I that I am, I'm paying for it, both of it, whether which, they take it now or but, later. But, but most of the people, not not most, a lot of the people going on strike, work government workers finish at fifty five. I think they just so want not to even work an extra two years. Most of them. 
get the picketing and, and, and going on strike. Look at the UK with all the strikes. Nurses, right, you name it. Strike. Everyone's striking. Why is everyone striking? This is what people don't get, right, about it. I find it remarkable that nobody's worked it out yet. If you work for me and you strike and I have to give you a 10% wage increase, my customers are going to have to pay 10% more to pay the bills. But this is everybody wants everything No, but, so but cheap. this is the basic economy of it, which people haven't worked out. They seem to think if I pay you 10% more, you can afford 10% more. But if I'm a producer, I have to pay my staff in the fields 10% more. I have to charge more for my products, yeah. which means the supermarket has to be charged more. He pays more, she pays more for it. They then... You, as the person who's been 10% more, goes to that supermarket and has to pay 10% more for your product. That's you're my, not that's having any my more pay money. rise You're not having already. any more money in your bank account. All that's happening is you're paying €100 Euros for something rather than 90 You're paying 329 for it rather than 229 or 279 You, The concept is if you get paid more, products go up in, in value. They, got, they cost more because the business has to charge more to make any money. Yeah. And not every business is BP and shell making four billion a quarter that's the fact yeah don't call me and put me in the same category of them because i'm a small business a lot of people are in fact the lifeblood of every country is small business so why should i be categorized as a business and they would be fucked for taxes basically bp make 5.1 billion i make five pounds 60 in the quarter <laughs> and i have to pay the same taxes as him that's wrong it's not right it's bullshit it's not correct. And people say, but it's a percentage and it goes up on a sliding scale. Well, it doesn't as far as corporation tax is concerned in this country. It's not how it works. I pay a set corporation tax and I pay it quarterly, even if I make money or don't. So at the end of the year, if I've not made money, they give me a reimbursement that could take a while. You'd be lucky though, yeah. Right? My point yeah. is, BP is saying, pay, in France right now, corporation tax is 25% 2023. BP pay 25? I pay 25 it's not really a sliding scale, is it? Now, if your wages, you pay a sliding scale. So you have a free allowance up to whatever it is, mm. 10, 12, whatever. Then up to 22, whatever, 25, you get a bit more tax percentage. And it goes like that. And the big players for PSG in Paris are getting 50% tax on their wages because they're earning 3 million a month for five days or whatever it may be, right? Yeah. But for big business, it's not like that. It's not on a sliding scale. No, but Why? Like, but BP paying twenty five percent, still chipping a hell of a lot more into the economy. They're a bigger business, though. My point is, why is 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 personal tax scaled on a scale of the amount? You so you, are you saying but corporation ta tax isn't? So what would you rather have personal tax brought in at the real pay flat fee? No, I'd prefer it to be on a sliding scale. Everything to be on a sliding scale because then if you're doing better, you put more in. That's the point. If you're earning more money, you put it in. I mean, everyone wonders why, you know, uh, companies don't want to employ more people in France. It's because social charges are so high. But if they don't employ them, we have to give them chômage, unemployment benefit. So we've got a great solution to that. If you're a small business and you can categorize that however you want, I mean, you could say under 20 employees or something silly like that. I don't know. We could decide. We'll have a chat. I could sit with Macron. We'll have a little We'll have a chat in here. I'll go, what do you reckon? He'll go, tete -tete. He'll say 20 is quite big. I'll go, for you maybe. For most people, 20, 20 is big actually, yeah. But the point is, sit with Macron and say to him, look, here's an idea. How about if I employ one more person in 2023, I don't pay social charges on that. Well, how's he going to pay? 
I don't pay social charges on that one extra person. So say, for example, in 2022, I employed 10 people. 2023, I employ 11. Yeah. The 11th person, as long as their wage is under 2,000 euros, I don't pay social charges on it. That gets me into a better position where I think, okay, I can afford that person because instead of me costing me four grand, it's costing me two. Yeah. So I'm happy because yeah. I can now have a crack at making yeah. bigger business, right? The person's not on chômage. Yeah. So the government's not paying them. Yeah. They're not paying them monthly, however much, 70% of their last wage. Yeah. The person's in work. So they're starting to get back into the concept that 80% being paid by the government to sit in your ass and watch Netflix during the pandemic is just a fantasy and it's not going to continue forever. That's the hard bit to crack. It is hard. But if you just turn around to seven years, chômage is stopping if you don't go to work in this sort of period of time, mm -hmm. right? But in my opinion, small business is the lifeblood of the country and therefore should be given a break, especially after a pandemic, especially in a recession, especially when the workforce doesn't want to work. So give me an opportunity to regrow my business, which, like most small businesses, got screwed during the pandemic. And the government turned around, oh, the pandemic wasn't our fault. I'm not blaming you for that. We'll find out one day whose fault it was, and we can blame them. But until that point, we have to accept the fact that we can't point fingers. But what I can point fingers at is every government on the world for not preparing for it. 100 years ago, we had a pandemic, Spanish flu, which is what is known as the flu now. Okay? Yeah. And after that, not one government between that year and 2020, when the pandemic kicked in, ever for five minutes went, you know what? All of the scientists of the world say there's going to be a pandemic. Why don't we just stick a billion each year in, in, a, little, in a little bank account? In fact, why don't we invest it in gold busy, or stock market. We're busy invading countries. <laughs> what I'll do is I'll stick that over there and each year, and you can do it again, 100 million, uh, 10 years later, 200 million, 10 years later, 300 million, and build it up so that when the shit hits the fan, we've got money to look after our population, which is the only reason why we have politicians in power. It's the only reason for government. Governments were not created to fight each other, created to protect and look after the people in the country. And the moment any politician forgets that, that would be me getting up every morning, not worrying about my clients. The only reason we do this job is to make sure my customers get what they want when they want it, right? Yeah. Make sure they keep their job in the yachting industry mm -hmm. and get tips by yep. us doing a good job and giving them the tools to do the job, right? Yeah. That's my job. That's all that matters. If we're all busy developing websites and funky shit, right? Fucking Side hustles. Podcasts <laughs> and bullshit. And we're doing that. A customer rings up and says, can I get a delivery Tuesday? And I go, oh, mate, uh, we're doing a podcast Tuesday. A bit difficult. Can we do it Wednesday? He'd tell me to go fuck myself. And the point is, you've still got to remember where your bread's buttered. And my bread's buttered when chefs call me and say I need an order. Yeah. Everything else goes out the window. All the bullshit that we do to try and make the business better. Go out the window, get the order done. But don't, governments don't seem to do that. I don't think they think like that now, government. They don't. They They're don't go, my job them. is to look after this group of 66 million. I need to make sure this... They're looking after themselves. Uh, well, to a degree, and they're looking after them. But that, this is what they plan for anything. Five years in power, and let's just fuck around for five yeah, years and make sure I get voted back in again. Well, quite frankly, at the moment, I mean, I've got to know, I'm very cynical about politicians. It's a bit like, yeah, well, they're all in it for themselves. This lot will be gone soon. The next lot, they'll be in it for themselves. They'll be gone. And it's just saying nothing ever gets done because we just spend five years cycles of people in it for themselves. I've got a problem with my 
It's like it sounds damp to me. I can't really hear it particularly well. If you talk. I'm talking. Yeah, I don't think my headphones are working. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. I can hear you quite clearly, yes. Good. But there was just one thing we were going back to about uh, Brexit and um, and businesses and farm and the such like. And one of the things I thought would be a perk of Brexit for the UK, because I come from a farming background, so I sort of have to pick them up, would be that... Um, and that people would understand... Um, seasonal produce and then I've forgotten that word local produce is that like so over the last few weeks uh, in the press I do have to read the Daily Mail still oh, to yeah. remain truly English uh, so, oh there's no tomatoes and then earlier this week oh there's no sweet peppers this is all stuff imported from Spain right it's March April in England you don't have to eat salad yeah you don't have to, your your diet should not be reliant on a few tomato on tomatoes grown in a hot house in Tenerife, sweet peppers grown on you know down on the Costa Brava lettuce. You're English, mate. Eat winter vegetables. But, 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 but you know this is yeah. I like talked about this on my pricing thing the other day, which is actually a completely different channel. So we can do it yeah. again because people won't have heard it here. So let me tell you. It drives me crazy when I see this bullshit and lies that they're trying to feed the British public about there being problems with temperature, nothing's being produced. Spain's got the hottest April it's ever had, okay? Yeah. The hottest April it's ever had. So don't tell me the crop of tomatoes didn't grow. One, they're under lights. Two, they're under cloche. And three, they're in fertiliser. It's complete Well, they're in volcano hydroponically. It's like how you'd grow your weed. There you go. So let me ask you something. We what, don't have what do we, I wouldn't know anything about that. What, <laughs> what would you presume is the problem? Because I, I've, I spoke to a few producers from Rangis and a few producers from Spain, because luckily enough, I have contacts to be able to do that. Yeah. So I've spoken to them and found out why. And the Spanish producer told me very clearly. He said, I grow tomatoes. I've got two options. Sell them to Rangis yeah. or I can ship them to the UK. They're going to go through Rungis. It's a different distributor. The problem is, he's saying to me, look, there's a problem. If it gets stopped on the border, and he says, we've had problems. It stops on the border. It sits in the van for three days. Okay? Yeah. Sits at the van. You saw the queues at Dover. You saw the queues going into the UK. If he has a van sitting there three days, those tomatoes will be in a poor condition when they arrive, even in refrigeration. There's only a certain life they have, which means the companies like Tesco and all the big corporations are saying, sorry, these tomatoes are shit. We're not paying you for them. They were as, rotten. As an ex-fruit and veg inspector. There we go. I can tell you about that. Well, yeah. yeah. But it is correct. But the point is... Why sell them to the UK if there's a yeah, chance but, that you're going to get but refunds? But why, why moan in February that you haven't got a tomato it's, in the UK? It's madness. It's madness. Like, you shouldn't have a fucking tomato in the UK, to be completely honest don't, with you. Yeah, and don't worry about any government bullshit, this, that, and the other. And uh, it is uh, Blaming, because there was never, when I was eight years old, did I go, oh, God, you know what meant this meal so much better? Some tomatoes. Some in really January. solid, rock-hard ones that don't even taste like a frigging tomato. Even here, if you tasted the tomatoes here, I bought really lovely ones the other day. They smelt great, rock-solid. Yeah. You can't, there's no flavour to them. I'm literally chopping them up, stick them in a dish, balsamic yeah. and olive oil, stick them in the oven, heat them up, give them a nice bit of cook through so I've got them softened and I've got a nice flavour because if you just chop them up and put them in a plate. Yeah. It's like if you go to a restaurant in the south of France now. We're, we're in the south of France. I don't know if people don't know that. We're in the south of France. <laughs> and this, this, is, this is crazy. Go into a place now and they've got their summer menu 
And on that, always, always, they can't help it, sliced tomato with buffalo Barata. mozzarella. Barata. Barata. Lovely in July. Lovely. Right? Yeah. Amazing. Mm. Nice selection of heirloom tomatoes. Oof, beautiful. And nice, not that cheap shit that they put on most plates. That fucking awful mozzarella that literally you could stand they chop it and you could stand it on its end it's it rock slices, solid yeah. awful shit right yeah. not worth the paper it's printed on I don't know what that means anyway the point is I see that on the menu and I'm always in like oh maybe I should try it. I love tomatoes love mozzarella could have done it at home but I'll pay somebody to do it for 25 euros <laughs> the point is and they use a poor quality balsamic on it they then put table salt on it and not table salt Cooking salt, fine salt. Yeah. Sprinkle that on. That, that's a good idea, isn't it? No, it's not. It's fucking stupid. I want a flavoured salt. Smoked salt would be nice. That would be nice. Smoked olive oil and a nice cherry balsamic. Right? Something like that to make it I, a bit I more I particularly exciting. like it if they sprinkle some paprika around the edge of the plate. There you go. Yeah, let's get on the side. That's I can classy. dip my tomato in it. <laughs> or my, my mozzarella will stick to that. Lovely. Love a bit of paprika around the edge. But you're right. What we've done is we've got to a point in society where we believe we should be able to eat anything we want whenever we want it. Yeah. And it shouldn't be expensive because global economy allows it to be cheap. But if you import tomatoes from, from, the, from Spain in march in february even in april to be fair they're not their best yet they're going to be more expensive than when they're really growing because they've got too many then so they're selling them cheaper that's why the price changes it's yeah. called seasonal supply and demand it's not even supply and demand but i mean um, it is it is but what i'm saying is another factor is the fact that if i grow tomatoes they grow seasonally in places like you, spain and france and well, they grow more year round they grow more year round in a in a tent but when the sun comes up and the weather says it's seasonal now, it's summer. They grow quicker, they grow bigger, they get more vitamin C and all the vitamins in them they should have. And they're nicer, they're softer, they stay fresh for a long time. Great, fantastic tomatoes. That's when you should eat them. And that's when they've got so much growth, they sell them for one forty nine a kilo. Yes. Right now, they're three forty nine a kilo and they ain't worth one forty nine a kilo. That's yeah. the point. You actually pay less for better quality when it's in season. Yeah. If I had a super yacht, I wouldn't say to my chef, I want burrata or mozzarella with sliced tomatoes at Christmas, please. That would be a ridiculous dish to have. And I think the problem with super yachting industry is it's very difficult for a chef to turn to the owner and go, it's not seasonal, mate. You've got some billionaire guy. He's paid 500 million for his boat. Jeff Bezos, right? He doesn't know because he's American, so he doesn't... <laughs> <laughs> well, if you hear the story of what they've had, like dog food flown in because they're in Cuba for the weekend and poochie normal. That's normal. <laughs> and do you know what? If you've made that much money, do you do what you want with it? I have absolutely no problem. Okay, I have a problem with Bill Gates if he had a boat because his product doesn't work. But when <laughs> I do click Amazon... It's with me the next day. So whatever anybody says about Jeff Bezos, I don't use Amazon. His his I I I understand why it's so popular. It gives people instant gratification. Bang, where's my product? Right, turns up. Literally, they go, "Where's the postman?" That's great. You've managed but to do that. But everyone expects my business to be like that. Of course they do because he set the standard. Yeah, but it's fresh product. But it they don't want matter. to stay home waiting for the fresh product. They don't understand how it works. They don't get it. They yeah, but if, it, if Bill could Where's do it, my fucking... If, if Jeff could do it, how come Emma... How, Jeff could... Emma, there's Amazon. How come you can't put your product on Amazon? It's like... I agree. It's just really not possible. It's not, it's not possible, but it's not about 
people being wrong it's about them not understanding all of the information in the food industry that allows you to do it of course they don't get that why would they they're not in your business so you've got to give them a, a little bit of leeway generally amazon's made us all think it could be quick right but amazon's not the cheapest quite often you put a product try it tonight go into amazon no, choose Am- a product then go on another website no, everybody's made cheaper. amazon's made everybody think that you can sit at home or you could do what the hell you want every days yep. And whatever crap you need, not crap, whatever you need in your life, uh, surplus to requirement or an essential, is that it will be at your door the next day. I agree with you. it's not possible. It's not possible. But the the problem is it's giving people the concept that it's possible. But it's not possible in every environment, is it? You know that. If you go and buy new sofa at one of those sofa places, they go, we've got it on sale, big sale, Christmas sale. I don't need a new sofa every every Christmas, to be completely honest with you. I'm not really sure what that's all about. I went in one recently, this last Christmas, massive sale, get your sofa before, went in in November. They went, yeah, it'll probably be March. I said, well, why the fuck? Well, you said on your ad it says new, new sofa for Christmas. Which one? <laughs> you didn't say 2024, did you? And this is the problem with business is we all think we can have it tomorrow. But then you just need to go back to your crisps and just remember, because they haven't got sour cheese and onion Pringles, Get you others. will take another. Absolutely. So therefore, go take another Absolutely. Sofa. But we're talking about the the whole concept, people want it quick. And this is the problem. People have seen Amazon, how it works. They want everything now. They want everything Anywhere in the world, doesn't matter where it comes from, mangosteens in the middle of the winter time from Thailand, they want out of season product. How many people ask me for white truffle in the middle of July? Oh, yeah, right, yeah. No. Yeah. No, 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 no. In France, nothing. Everything n'existe pas. I just bought it in that shop. Oh, oh really? I meant not here. You said n'existe pas in France when I was in here 20 minutes ago. And I just bought it at the shop next door. It's clearly here. And you'll say, oh, no, no, no. Uh, I meant. Okay, whatever. Okay, go back, to, go back on the chômage, mate. The point is, is that we want shit quickly. We think we can have it every time. Global economy has made us realise that we can have blueberries in December. They come from Peru. Okay? Yeah. They're put in chemicals. They're gassed to keep them fresh mm. i mean literally gassed yeah. put in a container don't fly those blueberries in from from peru they come in a container ship and gone marine traffic and you can watch them yeah, you yeah, can yeah, actually yeah. go on to marine traffic go to the ports anywhere in the world where you where a product's coming from mexico for avocados you can actually click on find the name of the boat google it find out what's on that boat yeah if you really gave a fuck now i, I have a busy what? Sorry, I just I'll, I'll turn your mic off for that. You thinking about avocados? You could, if you really cared, you could check this shit out, and you'd find it. But those Mexican avocados are in a container ship that's been gassed to stop them getting ripe. Yeah. They then get here, and if you notice, a lot of those, a lot of that avocado, you go in the supermarket like that, aren't they? Rock yeah, solid. you're ripe for them. It's like bananas. They're not ripening them. This is another fantasy. If you put them into a, into a brown paper bag you're not ripening your avocado or your banana no they ripen them they ripen no, no, no. Them. it's, no, no, it's no, ethylene no, no. if you put it into a paper bag it's not ripening what you're doing is holding the bad bacteria in the bat in the bag which makes it go rotten that's what's happening in that process don't put, no. no 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 i'm saying that's the chemical situation it goes ripe if it's on the branch 
as soon as you take it off the branch it will never go ripe the only thing it's going to do is go off and as it goes off it gets softer and that is what happens with an avocado so if you go into car four and you go right i'll have one of these rock solid ones because it's no problem i they'll ripen in the paper bag that's not true they don't ripen they go off and they get softer no, it's something them, most people don't you put know. them with a kiwi fruit and they give off a bit of ethylene they give off a bad chemical so in our fridges here we have these great big filters generally we buy in ripe ripe stuff that's flown in for boats yeah avocados mangoes whatever it may be they're ripe they haven't got 14 weeks life on them because they're ripe so the chemical they produce gets thing makes it all go rotten if yes. you put fruit and veg into a walk-in fridge mixed fruit and veg yeah it all starts to make each other go off so we have these great big filters that i bought it sucks in that chemical it yeah. sucks it into the filter and stops it making everything else go off and that's what people that's what happens if you put it into a paper bag. i'm doing this on camera now if you put it into a paper bag wrap it stick it on the shelf or in the fridge it's 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 keeping in that chemical because it can't escape the bag yeah and therefore it's just gradually rotting not ripening it looks like it's ripening, but the flavour isn't changing. It's just softening the flesh. Aren't I boring? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to go back to the shop now and go, my God. No, no, no. I've got a track tad. Um, How long have we been going? I don't know. I just... Uh, quite, quite a long time. Gosh, it's one o'clock. Don't we've worry. Been, uh, we've only been going an hour and 52 minutes. That's not too bad. Is that it? Um, is there any, anything else you want to talk about whilst we're here? I can't remember what we were going to talk about. Because I've had a good moan today. No, I think we've, we've covered it all, but in a, in a bit... The weird way. Yeah, the editing's going to take a bit because we've kind of touched that subject, gone off here, then come back. I think we've actually shot our own argument in the foot a couple of times. No, but, <laughs> but I, think, I think as you're talking about these things, you start realising what you're saying yeah. and if you're a reasonably intelligent person you're more than happy to go yeah maybe actually got that wrong yeah. or i'm looking at it from the wrong point of view because if you look at it from someone else's shoes it's always different yeah the politicians are sitting there going i'm trying to do my best um and we look at them and go not helping me mate it's like when you see the yellow vests the gilets jaunes yeah blocking the roundabout you're like well that doesn't help me so why would i support you that's actually making my life a misery yeah because i can't get about and i can't do shit so Screw you, I'm not going to support you. I have to say, though, I, I didn't... I thought England was the was this most strikiest country yeah. on the earth until I got to France. Where I mean, I grew up in Nottinghamshire during the minor strike. Oh, really? Yeah. I've seen striking. How bad was it? I was only teeny tiny. I know when I was going to Brownies, in Gilgart, Brownies, it was that we used to have to drive past all the striking miners. But I come from the bad area, the bad, the good bad area, because I was the Nottinghamshire pits that were still working. And so we had lots of serious problems because we had striking and non-striking communities in the same village. But do you, looking back on it now and from where you're from originally, do you believe closing the mines was a good or a bad idea? I could see why they closed the mines. I, I would have argue, I would I would talk to my friends. I mean, it's, it's it's the same it's the same argument as we have now about a trillion things. They were bringing in cheap Polish coal for the state and power stations and the such like. Mine, but 
I was a farmer. Everybody thought farmers' daughters are rich. We, my dad was a farm manager. All right, I had a pony. I had a pony because we had fields, and there was some hay. Cause Didn't have a car though, did you? <laughs> no, no, I had. I know I had my dad's pickup, <laughs> but um. Now, say when I was 14, 15, 14, I had a pony. Uh, we didn't have a colour TV. I didn't have a video player. Um, we went to the same cottage that uh, the fe- fella who owned like the land where we lived every summer mm. for our school holidays. Now, my mates who are, uh, whose dads worked down the pits, they had colour TVs. They had video recorders. They had a caravan on the coast that they used to go to for six weeks every summer. We got five days with my dad because, obviously, summer harvesting. We, know, we didn't have holidays and such like. So, obviously, not in any way that I'm in any way jealous of their lifestyles. But then, you know, and they're, they're not buying English beef, are they? They're not, like, going to any of the places that our animals would be sold at for one to be you know our animals went to local slaughterhouses for local butchers and they're all off down asda buying some uh, you know some burgers from argentina or the such like so when you're in the pub having an argument um and oh they shouldn't be shut well you know they shouldn't bring in cheap polish coal it's like well how much you doing to support my family and our business well you're farmers you're rich you're minted you're fucking minted you don't need our money, and it's like, well, you, but you don't support us in any sort of way. So how can you think that me was has any sympathy <laughs> that there's some Polish people doing all right because they're selling coal to, um, you know, the Nottinghamshire power stations, and you think it's perfectly acceptable that a family in Argentina are doing bloody ace because you're buying beef from them. It's double standards. Yeah. I mean, we all have double standards. Of course we do. We all love it. Yeah. Because you can take the moral high ground and you can go, or you can be actually the person on the bottom and go, oh, you and your double standards, rah, rah. Yeah. We, we, you're absolutely right. We all have double standards. I do it every day. You probably do. Most people do. Anybody watching this will almost have to. Everybody I work with and every company I know have double standards. It's part of being a human. I think, having double standards. It's one of the fun things in life. Yeah, but it's... It is. And so long as you've kind of got, uh, like, a kind of um, level brain to realise that your double standards could be a little bit either way and rude or, you know, not oppressive, but is that you could actually be really hurting somebody's sentiment and feeling with your double standards. But it comes back to, like opinions... We can all have them, and you, you can, you, it doesn't mean they're right, and you do and you do not have to agree. Yeah, I think you're it. right. I think that that's really true. I think that the, what, what I think is the problem with opinions and where it all goes into really serious arguments is if you say to me, that's why I say it's black, but then you go, no, you're wrong. Yeah. Because I'm not wrong. I mean, I could be. But the point is, it's not about whether you're right and wrong. It's like everything we've spoken about today and all these strong opinions I've had about GoPro, they can completely disagree. And yeah. other people can disagree. It's completely okay. I am actually going to say to them, if you disagree, you might well be right. I could be completely wrong. Yeah. That's okay. I'm allowed to be wrong. And I'm not going to persecute, persecute myself for being wrong because nobody's right all the time. It's just conjecture. It's based on information with very little fact to back it up. 
Yeah. That's what we've been discussing today. Yeah. Every subject is our opinions, your opinions on sausages, but you've got awards to back up what you're saying. Yes, I have. Well, right? yes. So people can say they don't like your sausages, and that's okay, but it doesn't mean everybody will dislike them. It's important that people know the difference. A lot of people value your product hugely. It's got awards, but that's not even relevant. It's the taste. They like the flavour. I know somebody recently who's tasted your sausages who doesn't come from this region, doesn't come from the UK, has never tasted a product like that before, and said to me, it is possibly the favourite thing they've ever eaten in their life. <laughs> For a moment, I they thought you were They absolutely <laughs> adore it and wonder why it's not sold in their country. Well, uh, there was a lad came in the other week from another provisions company. <gasps> that exists, yeah. <laughs> but no, and he was he was getting some sausages from me. And he goes, "What's with it with your sausages?" And I goes, oh, they're, "They're just they're just very good. They're good sausages." <laughs> I really cannot blow my own trumpet. He came into your <laughs> shop. <laughs> he came in your shop. Went to sell me sausages. No, 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 no. He was collecting some from a, for a provisioner. Uh, driver. Driver. A yeah. driver. Yeah. And uh, he said, uh, what's... French. French. <laughs> they think they own sausages. They really do. And he said, uh, what's with the milk? <laughs> I'm not going to do an action because no, that's actually really stop. quite racist. No, no, it's not racist. No, it's not. No, but he was saying, uh, what is with these sausages? No, that's German. That's really bad. Don't do that. No, that sounds yeah. quite good. No, it's not. I can't do it for it. I can, if it had to be a Geordie or something, I could do it. No, but he said, what's with your sausages? He said, we have sausages in France. And I, says, I said, the English method is different, number one. I said, but mine are like special sausages, a lot of love, and, you know, it's just not any old bits from an animal. I said, actually, they're, they're actually so quite good that um, those people take them back to the UK. And he says, these have been exported to the UK. And I goes, there you go, you see, don't even know why you asked. I'm confused. They were sending. Well, they, they, he was a Frenchman. Oh, sorry. He, the ones he was picking up was the ones he was picking UK. up. Yeah, and he was asking why they were so special. Oh, and, I was, and and I said they even export them back. But people take them back to England at the end of their holidays wow. in France. And he said these are going to England. That's why I asked. That's fantastic. Yeah, Coles to Newcastle, mate. Coles to Newcastle. I think if you if your product, which is a UK product, is being made here and shipped back to the UK, what does that say about people making them in the UK? It says to me. A real simple thing. Most people buy their sausages from Tesco's, big supermarkets, Tesco's, Asda, wherever it may be, Sainsbury's, Waitrose, the usual lot, right? Marks, Spencer's, wherever. And during that process, the love has literally disappeared from the product. Well, it's just the ratio of shit meat. <laughs> well, no, it's, 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 it's it depletes the amount of love. It's the it increases of it. the amount of love. Yeah, they want to produce the sausage as cheap as they can and make the highest margin, right? Every business wants to buy it cheap yeah. and sell it high. But what's happened is they've companies, big companies, have dominated the market of where people buy their shit these days. People don't go to a butcher in the UK like they used yeah. to. They go to Tesco, Asda, supermarkets. But Even in France, it's starting to happen. And people are going to, to, to Tesco, uh, sorry, not to Tesco, Carrefour. to Carrefour and Auchan and Intermarché. And they're buying their meat there rather than a local butcher. I've seen over the last 10 years, five butchers closed down in Antibes. Local butchers all close. And the reason they've closed is because people are going to the big supermarkets. So the artisanal product like yours... It's disappearing, the yes, quality. and also because people use it. And I, I know we all love to have a rant against the supermarkets, and I do use them. But this all comes back to this 
bloody home delivery and that the supermarkets will do home delivery. So they just go online and they're just buying cheap shitty sausages or, or even Tesco's handmade golden oldens or whatever you know our bespoke our best brand our luxury label be it sainsbury's aldi super you know all of them um and it's because of this they could get they don't even have to drive to the fucking no because obviously everybody says me oh there's no parking at your shop it's like yeah well i'm hardly careful but they can't even now be bothered to drive to the supermarkets with their parking for 800 cars and yet they're to get their groceries because that supermarket will deliver anything over 50 euros and then like they wonder why there's nothing left in the high street and they're whinging and moaning that I ain't got like parking spaces outside my shop and it's like dude you can't even be asked to use the ones at the supermarket because you want home delivery you're absolutely right, but you know this is another problem with the supermarkets in general. I use supermarkets, of course I do. Um, I've got a car full close to me. It's on the way home. It's near my gym. It makes my life easy, but the product's terrible most of the time. I know it's cheap shit. This is something that I saw in the UK not so long ago, which demeans the product completely. We sell a lot of Wagyu, okay, but we have quality Wagyu. And I don't mean to be rude about Wagyu that's produced in other places. But I'm going to be honest. There's Wagyu and there's Wagyu. Yeah. I've got a meat guy coming on who is going to explain this in full, really, really shoot in the next who week. Who have you I got think. coming? I can't tell you. It's a secret because if this goes out before his, then will you have to kill me? No. Oh, okay. It's just a food business. Okay. Um, it's wh- killing me. <laughs> whatever, whatever everybody thinks, we're just selling fruit and veg, meat and fish. Yeah. But anyway. Um, you know, in the UK, they did this thing in Aldi or Lidl where they said this big advert, Wagyu burgers, right? It's like six, six pounds for two. I know fully well that you cannot produce a quality burger of that standard of meat for three quid each. It's bullshit. It's not true. It's a fantasy. Yeah, it's but, not Wagyu. But what it is, it's offcuts of shit that people don't want and it's probably not and, and also the whole wagyu thing you know if it's a if it's a crossbreed it's not wagyu it's a crossbreed yeah but it's that also didn't come from wagyu it came from a crossbreed and i looked on the label and it says coming from a crossbreed yeah right? but it's also you actually need like uh 40 percent of nails 40 percent of protein from a wagyu cow to could call it a Wagyu burger. Yeah. So 60% is not even Wagyu cow. No, it's bullshit. And this is the problem. People go in there, they buy it, thinking, oh, Wagyu, it's not on the teller. And they buy it, they take it home, they cook it. They probably don't know how to even cook a burger properly, to be completely honest with you, but we won't go there. It's horrible. And they go, oh, it's mm. this Wagyu. It's all bullshit, isn't it? It's not bullshit. That's not the case. And it really upsets me, being somebody selling high-end product, it's not bullshit. Can I tell you how lovely Wagyu is? I was had to make some Wagyu burgers for somebody, and uh, they actually provided the Wagyu. But there were some really, like, fatty bits, and so <laughs> I put them in the oven. I put I cut them into a bit, bit of fat, but there's tiny bits of morsels yeah. of meat in there. And I chopped it all up, and I put it in the oven like, on Gas Mark 1. And I went and kept pouring off the fat every now and then, because I've got some, like, Wagyu fat from my yeah, roast yeah. taters. And then, in the end, I was just left with these tiny little morsels of, like, Wagyu beef. Oh, my God. It was like heaven. Really? Yeah. I'm like, 
there's a friend came in the shop and I was like, mate, mate, you've got to come and try this. I said, this is the most indulgent and ridiculous thing. It was like we'd made our own Wagyu umami. And we were like eating it. We are like, it's disgusting. But we just had to keep it. I was like, because it was still quite fatty as well. But, oh, God, it was just The thing heaven. is with things like Wagyu, you can get a brisket, which is very reasonable priced. Yeah. Compared to fillets and entrecots and stuff like that. And I've got the, I had a brisket that was going to go out of date. So I cut it up into blocks here and I froze it and took it home. So I've got these strips like this of brisket. What I do is I cut each piece, I defrost it, cut each piece into four. Mm. I could sous vide it, but I'm lazy. I'm over sous vide. So I put actually. it, I, I, this would have been perfect, but I didn't. I put it into a pot and I did a normal um, braising. Okay? Yeah. I put all my bits in there, braised it. Five hours, something silly. Then I take each piece out and I roll it in sesame oil and then brush it with black garlic ketchup and yeah. roast it in the oven. If you don't like that as a meat eater, you should stop eating meat. <laughs> <laughs> it's abs. It's literally. I literally have it once every blue moon. I got these. I got like three pieces of this. That's yeah, it was a big brisket. I gave a couple away. I literally had three pieces. I've still got one at home because I don't use it because I don't know when I'm going to get any more. But I know one day I'll be at work this summer and I'll like. I just want I just to eat want that. <laughs> and I know it's not good for me. I know I'm going to get fat. I know I'm going to have to go to the gym three extra times that week. But it is the most glorious piece of meat, beef that you could eat. It's absolutely <laughs> astonishing. And sometimes I go into restaurants and you see on the menu, they'll go, oh, we do a, a, um, a, wagyu, a wagyu fillet. Waste of time. It's not a waste of time. That's bullshit. It's beautiful, of course. But this is so much cheaper part of the, yeah. the animal so much cheaper this and it's so amazing you can't do this with the fillet because the fat's not around it's not got the fat over the layer yeah, it's, just it's, it's just hardcore uh, with that one well they are nice if you get a nice snake with a farmer or, or a rangers valley or, or yeah. jack's creek and it's like a nice beer you know like a like a like a grade seven or nine yeah nine plus it it is stunning to be completely honest with you there's a new uh, snake river farm gold one that comes in it's absolutely phenomenal for a fillet i mean phenomenal i die i'm coming back as a wagyu come, cow come back as somebody who owns a beef restaurant no i just want then to have my ass massaged and fed <laughs> beer <laughs> you just want people to massage your yeah, have another guinness love there you go. Yeah. Does your guy not sort of massage you after you've been to the pub and go? <laughs> no, <laughs> you no, no, no. Beer, no. Give you a massage. No, I own a business. And he sort by of turns to you and gives you like a wagyu cattle now, sweetheart. <laughs> no, I have a business. By the time we get over the pub, I'm like seven parts to the wind. I'm resentful. I'm about to fall on everybody. Do you ever email suppliers or no? When no, you're drunk? No, I'm the, the only thing I do is I'm. No, I don't actually because. Um, I use a lot of words when I'm sober. <laughs> so, what kind of words? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just, you know, very female. Rather go, if somebody asks for something, rather than go, no, I can't. I go, no, I can't do that because tomorrow's Monday and it's a bank holiday in France and we can't get fresh pork delivered. And so, and actually I'm going to take a day off because I haven't had a day off in three months. I really hope you understand why I'm saying this. So, but yes, but that's why I can't do that tomorrow. Do you have a tendency? I have a tendency when a, a client will text something which is very difficult to do. And I just go, yep, cool, no problem. And I walk in the office and go... Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I've just agreed to the impossible. It's Action Station. Well, 
there's that, that varies because sometimes you just go, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. Yeah, sometimes you're on it. Yeah, it's a bit like anything that's variety. Yeah. from the mundane. Like if somebody texts tedium. you and says, "Can I have a beef and marrow bone burger?" and you'll go, "Well, I've never done that, but." Sounds yeah, fun. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds fun. Yeah, I had a man. I had a man message me from Greece on about distribution in Greece, and initially, and he was all like, and I says, "Oh, Greece, it's a ball ache, it's a pain." Um, you know, the freight to Greece is really difficult. I said, "Everybody I know who distributes in Greece, you know, they take their own vans three days out." And I said, "Because well, the distribution, oh, the distribution, <laughs> that's wrong. The distribution will not be a problem. We are collecting stuff from France all the cool. time." Lovely. And I was like, "All right, mate, let's go into talks." Pain advance. Oh, dude, he's, he's asking for samples, and then when I said, "Well, you uh, DHL," and I says, "Oh, well, are you going to pay for?" No. We don't pay for samples. I says, well, I don't send. Is that your Greek accent? Yeah. That is good. Yeah, that was how Zorba sounded. I, was, yeah. I thought he was in Athens then for a minute. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but I was like, I'm not going to spend 400 euros on DHL. Hoping you buy some sausages. To send this stuff for free. Because he was already complaining about the price, funnily enough. I was like, yeah, my sausages, I'm not being belittling of... Greece. I says my sausages aren't probably made for the Greek economy. <laughs> and I've said to him, "That's I, a put down, isn't I it?" I know, but no, because I've heard there are luxury hotels in Greece. But uh, and and I said, to, and he was like going on. I says, and I said, "Look, they're a bespoke handmade product. They're better than you could get in Kensington and Chelsea. You know, this is this is the bollocks. Well, it's not the Mutz Nuts because actually that's the last thing I would ever use. In fact, I don't use. But and I've told him, you know, the prices at this, and oh, and he's just going on. Oh, you find a way to get the samples to us. And what set out was this could be some ace yeah. challenge. But I'm now this like, is something I've discovered over the years is that every year I have all of these different projects that could happen all these exciting things that that make you wake up and go really yeah that sounds great fun i want to do that that's a way to move the business forward very rarely do any of them happen (laughs) it doesn't matter how much effort you put in you come against brick walls and the brick walls are usually either the system or the people very rarely is it me that turns around and goes oh i don't really fancy that i always have five or six or seven or eight or ten different projects on the go every end of summer yeah. october time i'm right this is all my shit i'm gonna do that i've thought about it all summer that's gonna help that's gonna help that getting them done is very hard that's why i've got so much respect for people like elon musk even though yeah. it drives me crazy with some of his bullshit, I still have a lot of respect for the fact he gets shit done. I mean, I, I, I sometimes find it hard to get an online ordering site set up. This guy's <laughs> flying fucking spaceships, <laughs> massive rockets, electric cars, boring through the ground and sending things fast, yeah. whatever else. He's sticking things in people's heads and get them connected to computer. Amazing shit. And I think sometimes we forget it's like, like Jeff Bezos we talk about yes we can complain about Amazon taking over of course and it gives people the false economy and false concept of how other businesses work yes of course there's always a downside but the fact that he's managed right to get let's be fair next day delivery in France <laughs> <laughs> it's a remarkable feat because Chrono Fresh and Chrono Post can't do that they've been here forever okay. they can't do it you laugh about um, do you ever like I don't I don't drink text but uh you don't trump. You don't what? Drunk text. Oh, drunk text. And I don't uh, correspond with any clients or anything. 
after two glasses of wine because I can get I don't get friendly. So from midday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give over. But you know you can get a bit friendly as well. You start put. Well, you don't put kisses, do you? No, you, you can. Just, no, you can <laughs> some, so I know if you've had a few drinks. Why I don't drink. One of the reasons I don't drink anymore. I used to get a bit over friendly with clients and put funny things in, thinking I was quite amusing. Yeah. Some people Endearing don't. And charming. Yeah. Some people see that as really weird. Yeah. If it's a cheese stew, there she thinks it's a come on, which it's not. If it's a, a chef, he thinks it's just fucking weird. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. I'm presuming the chef is male because it can be female. Yeah. The prop you've got to be real careful with that, haven't yeah. you? If you had a drink and you're like, yeah, no problem. Actually, working with you is fantastic. They're like, a bit weird. <laughs> they text back, are you drunk? I've had a beer. It's Saturday night. But the one thing I do is, the one thing I do is, because, I mean, Instagram, I'm obsessed with it, but it's a filthy habit. <laughs> you're not on TikTok yet. No, I ain't got 14 seconds. Just get away from TikTok. I, well, half of Instagram's TikTok, don't, isn't it? Don't, don't, it's warning now. But, uh, just sit it's and look. fantastically <laughs> addictive. When I say fantastically addictive, the thing is, if it's you're reels. a smoker, right, yeah. that's not fantastically addictive. Right. Not good for you. Yeah. TikTok's not necessarily bad for your health in the same sense, same way, but it's definitely not good for you. But you didn't know you needed people doing those things in your life. You know, I saw a cat playing playing a saxophone. Uh, no, uh, Don't, sorry, a squirrel playing dogs. a saxophone this morning at breakfast. Some that's... some guy outside his window, right? He's got a squirrel that comes in his garden. He's obviously been feeding it while he's made it relatively tame, so it'll come quite close to the window. He's hung a plastic saxophone, small one like that, on his window ledge from a string, and on the end of it, he's obviously put food. So the squirrel comes along and he grabs hold of it, and as it goes to its mouth, he plays jazz songs. That's... It's genius. It's just, it's just brilliant. It's genius. He did another way. He's got. He obviously made a fake microphone, and he's put some food <laughs> on the end of it. And the squirrel comes up and grabs it, and it's singing now like Aretha Franklin. It's genius. I'm watching this, choking on my cereal, <laughs> thinking to myself, "I better get my shit together because I've got to work." But just one more video. Just one more. Just what else is this squirrel doing? If I'm lucky, there'll be a hamster on a scooter. There is a hamster on a scooter. I've seen a hamster I've on a scooter. I've got the hamster. Yes, the hamster on the scooter. I can't help seeing videos like that and giggle. I sit, I sit, and I'm just hearing I'm an laughing. intelligent person. I'm not, obviously, because no. I find <laughs> saxophone playing squirrels. For me, when I'm having breakfast and about to go and participate with the human race, that to me is is gold. It's a level I want to communicate. That's that a level. Today. Yeah, and I see these these prank videos on there all the time. Prank videos. I can't help it. A giggle, a laugh. It makes me smile, and I think to myself, what? If I message them, will they be my friends? Because this is the kind of group that I want to spend I want my time to be with. In this group. They're funny people. I think I could. I think I've got stuff to say that could be relevant in this environment. These are the kind of people I want to hang out with because they're complete nutters. They don't take anything too seriously, which most people do, especially in the yachting industry. We can all take ourselves too seriously. I'm the same as anyone else. The chef takes himself. The client takes it very seriously. Where's my uh, where's my where's my chocolate hobnobs without the chocolate? Please, can you lick the chocolate off? The chef's like, oh, okay, I'm going to do that. He's not happy about it. He passes it to me. I'm then into my I'd office. Hey, guys, can I'd you get hold of Emma? Job. See if she'll get some hobnobs and lick the chocolate off. Yeah. You're like, don't do that, but I'll do anything for money. <laughs> so we'll all do anything for money in this industry. There's, there's levels of this sausage There's game, levels, mate. yeah. So it's like chocolate, lick, licked chocolate hobnobs. <laughs> Could we film that for TikTok, though? Inside out if chickens. Would... I mean, whatever it is, whatever I've heard, you know, whatever it is, we've all done it. 
it's stupid things it's crazy we're all dealing with it we all get a bit upset sometimes we all take ourselves a little bit too seriously so squirrels fucking on a microphone singing Aretha Sanklet brilliant oh. absolutely fantastic I need that in the morning I love it midday I need it do you see Nood- uh, Noodles the Pooch on Insta never seen that what oh, is no- it Noodles the Pooch it's this dog it's Poodle and its ears are like tied up oh, look, she looks, so it looks like it's a PA secretary but it does it, but it says things like email sign offs I've considered using and it's like isn't it it's all the sort of email sign offs you'd like to actually use yeah <laughs> But you don't. Have because you, not seen, you want people to stay in business with you. Have you seen the one that... They used to do them with relationships, like a girl and a guy, texting yeah. each other back, and you'd see them write the text. <laughs> and then they delete, and then they delete it. it. Yeah. But now there's one that does it with work, so with, 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 with clients. Yeah. So the clients on the chat group say, I'm just, you know, I'm wondering about this product. I've seen it on your site. It says it's 199 Can you tell me if there's a reduction? And they go, obviously it's not a reduction, otherwise it says so on the website, delete, delete, delete. Unfortunately, this time, exactly. <laughs> there is no, there is, we don't offer a discount. But by all means, join our newsletter, which you can see here, and maybe in the future you'll, you'll be emailed discounts. And then it carries on, and it gets worse. This guy's like, I wish you'd go fuck yourself and get on with your real life, because quite <laughs> no, frankly, I've got other customers on here more interested in actually buying a product. And also, delete, 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 I've got delete. a baby behind me because I'm working from home right now, and I don't need to ship. Delete, delete, delete. delete, 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 delete Thank delete. you for your custom. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. I watch it, and I look at it, and I giggle, because we've all done that. You've done, and the great thing about mobile phones and WhatsApp, they can't see my message unless I press send. Yeah. So I can write what I like, get out of my system, delete. Yeah. So you need to do that sometimes. You have to. Well, I also do it because Therapy. they don't need to know about what I'm doing over the whole weekend because I've had two glasses of wine on a Friday evening and they've asked if they can collect some sausages on Sunday noon. <laughs> do you tell them what you're up to the weekend? I used to. I used to go, I'm afraid I'm not available on Sunday. <laughs> uh, I'm actually going. Well, sometimes I used to make up crap because basically I, I couldn't say no. Did you ever go, yep, okay, I'll whiz in the shop and meet you? I did initially. But then I realised... When you were desperate to prove that you could actually run a business, you would do anything to try and make sure you made sales. But then you realised it inflicts on your life. It, it takes away your own life for a business that in reality would have probably grown because the product's good enough and the service is good enough. You didn't need to go outside the framework of normality and madness just to be able to get your business growing. But well, we if... both did it when we started our businesses because yeah. we were so convinced that we had to to actually gain the trust of a customer and do a good job but that in itself led to us and those customers who stay with you for years expecting it always yes and then you get to a point where you literally can't do that anymore because you have a breakdown no because people forget because obviously you are that like small business thing and uh yeah people would all uh ring up for orders and they'd say they're collecting it and i'd on a Saturday, and I go, well, I close it to on the Saturday. Saturday afternoon, Sunday's my weekend. And <laughs> Unlike everyone else. No <laughs> yeah. one else has a weekend, no, no. just me. <laughs> but like, I didn't used to think that having a weekend was important, but, but now I is, say that's my weekend now. It is important. If you don't have downtime to do things for yeah. you, even if it's just sit on your arse, yeah. you start feeling animosity yeah, against the business yeah. and the customers. You but have to have They ask up. why I'm not open on Sunday, and I go... That's my weekend. Fucking being. That's why. But you learn because you learn things like uh, I'd have people who ordered. I'd say you have to come before two o'clock on a Saturday, and and, uh, initially I'd I'd ring them to remind them they had to pick up their order, and it would say quarter to two or something. But people make up crap. They'd say I'm at the checkout at Carrefour. 
They've actually only just walked into car yeah, four. But they say psychological stuff, such as I'm at the checkout, because in my head I'm like, right, well, they'll be in here in half an hour. Yeah. But in fact, they'd actually only, you can't do car four in less than an hour. No. So, in, and in my head, I was like, oh, they must be, you know, they, they, they were still coming to the shop, and I would sit and wait for them. They'd just spent 300 euros on beer. Um, at Carrefour for a party. So you can, and you're uh, sitting in the and shop. And I'm sitting in the to, shop waiting for them to pick up 24 sausages. You're sitting there in the shop, literally waiting for them to turn up. Yeah. And they're shopping for beer. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. I know how you feel. But then I remember, uh, it's, again, it's another beer story from Carrefour, but I remember a driver picking up the van from here to go and do a delivery, long, long, long distance delivery. He left. And I went, right, he's gone. Lunchtime, I'm going to whiz over to Carrefour, grab some food for lunch. Went over there. He's buying cases of beer. What? He's got two cases of beer in his hand. Not to drink on the journey. He's a driver. He's got two cases of beer in, I mean, on the way to delivery. He's either smuggling or he's drink driving. Well, this is what I don't understand. I saw him and I was like, I saw him. He was just leaving the till. Did you kind of duck down? I was in there with a trolley, a load of shit, and and, and this is like an hour after he's left as well. This is not That's ten, how long it takes not ten minutes four. later. Yeah. And even if it was ten minutes, it's still weird. <laughs> Two cases of beer in his hands, right. walking out, and I'm thinking, I how do how do I? So when he got back, obviously you would have thought, well, no, you've got to run after him and stop him. He's obviously an alcoholic, but he didn't seem like that. He's not like quite a completely normal person. He's done lots of deliveries for us, so I'm kind of thinking, well, this guy's always fantastic. It must be me that has the problem here because I'm judging everybody by my standards, which sometimes can be high, sometimes can be low. But in this case, very high. Don't drink, drive. So I'm literally thinking how, what, if he's thinking oh, I've got a party Tuesday, I get back Monday night, I need to get them now. Yeah. Maybe that's it. And I'm giving all these excuses in my head. And when he got back, I said, can I just have a minute? We went, we went and sat on the couch in there and I said, I saw you in car for an hour after you left to go to delivery, picking up beer, and I'm just concerned because if you've got all the produce in the back of the van and you're driving <laughs> to Naples or wherever, that's a bit of a worry for me. I said, so it's, a, it's, it's, you know, it's, it, but buying sick, it's not a quantity, it's the fact that you've gone to buy beer because it's confusing to me. And I'm just wondering if you could tell me, if it's not too rude, if you could tell me why. And he said, well, when I get to Naples, I'm going to get a hotel, obviously, before I drive back. I like a beer, and it's really, really expensive. <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm thinking, but you had two cases, not two six-packs. I'm talking slabs. fucking, not slabs, I would say probably packs of 12. Maybe, yeah. maybe they were 25 CL. It's still a lot of beer for one night. It's a lot. That's at least 20, had two packs of 12s, I would say. Definitely 12. It's a lot it of could have been 25 CL. That's still a lot of booze. A lot of toilet breaks on the way back. Yeah, a lot of booze for one night in a hotel on the motorway. And not even partying somewhere. He says, well, I've got a party in Naples, so I want to take some beer. It's him just sitting on a motorway motel. In in an F1 hotel. (laughs) Just drinking. An Ibis. We we don't go F1. Go Ibis. It's just a bit more respect for the drivers, really. Nice, nicer breakfast. Well, there is a breakfast for a kickoff. So the point point (laughs) is... That, to me, seemed like a weird thing to do. Somebody sitting in their room in an Ibis after delivery to Naples just going, right, let's get fucked up on beer. I don't <laughs> get that. That's mad. I, d- I mean, if you c- a lot of people get home. It's a pandemic in itself. People go to work, they get home, and the first thing they do when they get home is open the fridge, get a beer out, and go, I deserve this because I've worked today. 
That's the Bridget Jones Well generation. fucking done. You've actually got through a day without killing somebody or stabbing yourself in your throat with your fucking spoon. I've been out. Congratulations. But you don't deserve a beer. You want a beer. Just say it what it is. I've got home. I'm having a beer. Fine, no problem. I've got a problem with that. Do what you want. Drink yourself to death. I can't, I, none of my business. None of my business. But don't say you deserve a beer. That doesn't make any sense. Nobody deserves a beer. What, what are you? 24 beers sitting at a fucking motel on the motorway just outside of Naples. That's that, delivery. It's bizarre to me. It's 24 beers. Is that like they couldn't have five stars at McDonald's? <laughs> but how many, how many litres is that? If they're 25 CL each, four beers is a litre. It's 24, so six litres of beer. That's it's a lot. Beer. It's a lot Even of beer. Even me and my mates in our best clubbing days couldn't drink that much. Six litres of beer. I would, after three. Eight pints. No, eight, six, it's 12 pints. No, eight, eight pints about tops on a night out. And that's when I was a No, no, I'm saying guy. 12 litres yeah, no. is... No, sorry. Yeah, six litres is 12 pints. Yeah, no, that's no. A lot of no, beer. no, even when we were at our peak... In the twenties, when we probably didn't work, when we were students, yeah. when all we had to do was get up for lectures, yeah. agricultural college. When you told your there was some, days, there were some big beer. These are rugby boys, big beer guzzlers. You know, eight, ten pints is a lot. Tops, tops, tops for the big. Then it's, it's shots and gin and tonics after that, isn't it? Well, puking and lots it, of trips to the toilet, puking in the Wellington and drinking yeah. it again. Sometimes just pissing where you're standing. Exactly, <laughs> uh, because you you hold Did it. You for, move to agricultural you, college as you well. You hold it for so long. <laughs> You by the time and then you go to the bathroom. It's such a queue that you go. This is going to get. This is going to be close. <laughs> you, you, have you ever? I mean, as a guy, as a younger on the piss, I'd stand there and there and I go. I've waited so long to go to the toilet that now if I can't immediately go, we're going to have problems. <laughs> Do you know <laughs> just what I mean? Preempt it. This is yeah. You have to go pre needing oh. a piss now. Pre-needing Just a piss. don't even go out. <laughs> now, no, don't go out, because if I do, I'm going to need a piss. <laughs> and I remember when I first started provisioning, people used to say to me, what do you do? And I used to say, I map the toilets in the south of France. And they go, what? I go, because that's, in the summer, I had vans without air conditioning. It was 35, 40 degrees in those vans. <laughs> I was running around like a lunatic on my Todd. And I was hot, and I drank litres of water to survive. And all I did whenever I got in a van was try to find a toilet. Where am I going to a toilet? <laughs> Where's the next stop? If I'm going to Monaco, there's a there's a service station. Sorry, there's not a service. As you come off at Monaco, there's a toilet there, public toilet. Yes, there that is. would be always on the way into Monaco and on the way out. Yes, because it's a guaranteed toilet stop. I would I I can find toilets if you out with me one day. And you're, oh, I need a toilet. No problem. I've got a map. <laughs> toilets well, there's apps for that now. Right? Three toilets. <laughs> I could, yeah. Somebody said to me, you should make it into an app. I said, I don't think it, people are going to pay me one ninety nine to find out where a toilet is. Everywhere. Restaurants that will let you go to the toilet without buying a coffee. Problem is, you have to buy a coffee. That's another two euros. And, and then that's piss later. That's another piss. <laughs> <laughs> when I first got here and... Uh, and start doing the sausages, and I first started delivering to Monaco, right? Bearing in mind, I'm living in 18 square metres in Old Town on Tee. I've got two windows. I'm very, very lucky. And I had to deliver to the uh, the Gildo Pastor Centre. Oh, yeah. Pastor Gildo, I can't remember yeah. his name. In uh, Monaco. And I'm driving around a little bit. Well... <laughs> Everywhere I am, I'm too polite to ask, you know, people's private apartments. I'm too polite to ask if I can use that. I've got lost and everything. This is Monaco, it's a nightmare. And I get to the Gildo Pastoral Centre, and I'm like, it's got Belouz here. This is a block of harmony on offices. And so I'm like to the man at the desk, excusez-moi, est-ce que possible, utilisez-les, les toilettes, toilettes, toilettes? 
toilet, see if we play. And he's like, oh, we, we, uh, like that. And then he walks into these toilets. Fucking bigger than my apartment. <laughs> Texting my sister, Bab. Taking photos. Yeah, Bab. Yeah, there was there was camera phones then. Did yeah. they have a toilet? Did they have a toilet person? No, there wasn't a toilet person. Nothing worse is there. <laughs> Don't no, need that. Don't need to piss well, in front of a complete stranger. Well, also, I to do that in the cubicle because I ain't got not fifty cubicle, cents right to give her, and there was no lollipops yeah. either. <laughs> no, 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 no. It, it's, it's, yeah. When you go into a place and there's a toilet person, it always freaks me out a bit. Because I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't want some obsession circa no, 1988. Need... <laughs> Thank you very much. I don't need that. I don't need them to hand me the paper towel from, from the paper towel holder. But somebody at some point really invented specifically so a person didn't need to stand there, right? And the big problem is, do you or do you not tip somebody who's done nothing? <laughs> if they come over and hold it for me whilst I'm having a piss so I can text Pass people. Me the paper. That might, that might, that might. That might deserve a tip, but I don't let strangers touch it. So yeah. it's a bit of a weird one. <laughs> At what point, what, what value are they offering? It's the same when you travel. You, know, you get to a hotel, you've travelled halfway across the fucking world, you've carried these bags everywhere, right? It's an absolute nightmare. You've had a nightmare. You've even put it in the taxi, because in that country, the taxi drivers don't like to put, like, don't want to touch your bag. You've carried it everywhere. <laughs> you get to your hotel, and some guy in some weird outfit takes it the next five metres and puts his hand out. It's like, mate... <laughs> Meet me in Antibes next time. We can talk. But you work here and they pay you. And you want me to tip you for taking it from, literally, the taxi to the front desk. I'd have done that myself after what I've just gone through. That was the easiest part, to be honest with you. Do you know what? And you've got your hand out asking for money. I don't, I don't understand that concept. That baffles me. I carried it all the way from my apartment to the airport, you know. Yeah. It, it is a bit weird, isn't it? It's like that last, meet, that last five metres deserves money. Yeah? Turn up at my fucking apartment next time. I'll give you the bag and I'll pay you for that. Probably a greater rate per centimetre than actually your whole journey's cost so far. Absolutely. You think if you say, <laughs> say you give them a euro, I've just travelled <laughs> two thousand miles on a thirty-five. And you give them a euro for five right years. <laughs> you know, and, or they take you up to your room and they walk into your hotel room. Mind, this is not an apartment. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not renting out the penthouse at the fucking Mirage Hotel in Vegas. It's literally a hotel room. Usually, it consists of a very small hallway. A toilet may be separate from the shower room stroke bathroom, right? With a sink, maybe two if I've gone mental. And, 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 a, and a bedroom stroke lounge, as they would call it. There may even be a terrace. Do you have electricity but if you I've, haven't put the room key in? I know <laughs> all of those rooms because I, I live in a house <laughs> or I live in an apartment. So I know what a hallway looks like in a toilet. I don't need someone to go and walk in and go... So this is the bedroom. Oh, is it? Fuck me. I'd have been asleep in the bath if you hadn't been here, mate. Here's your tip. Brilliant. <laughs> Thank you very much. You've just fucking saved my holiday. I once I once went to the Burj Al Arab. Best time to fly after 9-11. You stayed where? The Burj? Al Arab. The, 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 the big one in the, the massive, mid, in massive, the sea. massive one. Yeah. Oh, the Burj? No. No, not the, no, yeah, I'm the Burj Al Arab. I'm thinking of aren't I? That's just the big tall thing. No, the one in the sea, the Burj Al Arab. Is that the one with the weird... It looks like a sail. It's yeah. got a helicopter top on it, yeah. yeah. Helicopter, not a helicopter on top, yeah. A helicopter but, top no, on it, I got a propeller. Yeah, <laughs> I got a bargainaceous holiday after 9-11. Okay. And, uh, what, do you, what, what do you mean a bargain? As in nobody was travelling? Nobody was travelling, were they? Giving it away. Giving it away. Paying uh, you to go. Emirates, obviously you flew overnight one night, uh, but uh, so it was six nights, one night flying, uh... <laughs> Flights, Burj Al Arab, one thousand pounds. 
we're off. Wow. Me and then fella, we're off. I says, found this on the day that. And he goes, Emma, he says, book it. He says, put me in business. <laughs> he had a bit of coin. I didn't. Um, and off he went to the British on the rabbit. And he's, you know, I mean, it was expensive. And I mean, he did have, he had a reasonable amount of coin with them fella. <laughs> so as if I've had so many. Uh, but, um, you know, he could afford to go business. But, uh, we were things like when we landed at Dubai Airport, it was like, right, let's get some vodies in, get some bottles of vodka, because you know it's going to be it's hard, it's going to be hard drinking in Dubai, and uh, we'll just use the diet cokes from the mini bar. But when we got there, and, like the diet cokes were eight euros a can, we went down the supermarket because we weren't even going to pay eight euros or eight whatever it is, you know, for a can of pop. But I had this amazing suite, and, and there was two floors, and there was remote control blinds, and all this stuff. The other, but there was like a bath menu, and yeah, you could pay somebody sixty quid to run you a bath. It's like, do you know what? Well, I'm. But how do you get hold of the person? Oh, there, oh, there was a whole. How, who who do I pay to call reception and organise that? Oh no, there was a. I do had this whole like, almost like a tablet at the time. Kind but of who thing. presses the buttons? If I can't run well, my no, own he, bath, I'm he, not ordering. He, it. No, he. You can run your own bath, but if you want some different bath oils in there. By the way, there was the full range of like Hermes toiletries. I've still got them because I nicked them all out of the bathroom on the first did. day. Everyone there. does, even yeah. the cheap ones that you don't want and they don't like the smell of. People still yeah. put them in suitcase. So yeah, I mean, that's included in the cost yeah. of the hotel room, isn't it? <laughs> if you come to my house now, there's like some little Hermes soaps in the <laughs> in my one bedroom in my one bedroom apartment bathroom. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but anyway, yeah, you could pay sixty euros for somebody to come and put some special oils in olive, the olive oil in there. Oh, Radox. Is it like do you want purple or green Radox today, love? <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I just thought I was like Christ. Uh, you know, it's like God. It's just another. It is another world. But for a grand. Did you not get your bath run for 60 just and go, because I've had my bath run for me? No, what wants. I did was I poured in, because I, I cleared out the Hermes on the first day, so then they put a whole new load of Hermes out, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to waste one bottle of Hermes. Tipped it in the bath, put the jacuzzi no on, bubbles. put the taps on. Oh, man, alive. It was all over the place. It was there and all over. It was, it was coming out the bathroom door. Everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere. I guess, maybe some, I says, Do you like Dubai? Oh, it was so boring. It was boring? Oh, God, Why? yeah. There's nothing to do. Really? Yeah. I think there's loads to do there. Oh, no. Oh. I suppose it depends on what your interests are. I mean, I can, I like golf, so I'll go and play golf anytime. It's no. Loads of golf courses, but you can do all sorts of stuff. No, you can parachute jump out of a plane. I've you can, done a parachute you, jump. You can do I've done bungee in sand, sand bikes, oh, we did, we did, buggies we, and bullshit we, like that. It's we, great. No, I did like the evening into the desert in the June buggies Did you go to that. the Dubai Mall, have a wander around there? Yeah, but I wasn't interested in buying any gold or any no, watches. <laughs> it's not just gold. It's a bit one of the biggest malls in the world. Huge, everything in there. But you just go for a wander and have lunch and just stay in the air conditioning because it's so hot. Just for, I did the restaurant under the water. How uh, did you do that? What, at the Atlantis? The Is one it? underneath the hotel I was staying uh, in. The, okay. It wasn't exactly the longest journey on the earth, was it? Yeah. No, I, don't did, did, I went there recently. I had the best Indian meal I've had. Probably ever. I mean, the food was absolutely remarkable and then you come back to france and no offense there's only a few places i've been here mm. who i would where i'd say the food is is really it, really good it was, most places is below par it was 20 years ago when i went what did you buy yeah oh, wow, okay. they, in fact it's different now then because do you know what the marina wasn't even built when i went because uh, okay. me then fella uh 
I think he bought an apartment whilst we were there. Can't remember. In Dubai. Yeah, in the marina. Well, but but you sold it now. Well, even when we split up, some okay. ten years later, it hadn't been finished. <laughs> oh, really? Sorry, when he got there, he bought an apartment. He got sold well, an apartment on the street. We were, whilst we were there, he was going, oh, Dubai's the future. He's right. Um, yeah, I bet that apartment I'm... he bought in the marina is worth a fortune now. Yeah, well, I don't know. And we never, we never got to visit it. Yeah. It was still never finished. Yeah. Incredible, isn't it? Yeah. 20 years ago when he bought an apartment in the marina, but even if it wasn't built for 10 years, it's still, I bet you with a fortune now. Yeah. It's difficult to get any property in those places. Oh, maybe I'll have to send him a... Still got that apartment. <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking of going to Dubai again and thought I might stay in that apartment yeah. that I helped you get organised. Yeah. yeah. No, my favourite part of Dubai was Wadi Wadi Land. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was very dull. Yeah. We've been now. No pork. You know, we've nearly been three hours. Gosh, you've got a lot. No, just 40 minutes. You've got a lot of editing to do. Play it as a thing, just go bang. No, because I don't want to kill the people with tedium. <laughs> no, it's up to, well, no, what we do is we put timestamps in. Oh, so on right. YouTube, there's all the names of the different subjects we spoke about. Right. All timestamped. So people can click one and go straight to that conversation. <gasps> so they can miss out shit they don't want to watch, you see. Oh, and it means you can put all of it in, but if it's referencing each other, you can just put timestamps in. I should have just randomly shouted out a sausage flavour like every now and then, and that could have been your timestamps. Or just before we change subject. Yeah, I could have driven the conversation a bit better myself. Chili and lime. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most bizarre sausage flavour that someone's ever asked for? Or, or, or weirdest thing for you to make? Uh, oh, the, uh, some of them are... Yeah, well, Wagyu sausages is one. Uh, it's like, you know, it's now pure lard. It's, it's, it's hard work to mince, uh, but we can mix it. But I did make... Uh, I did make. <laughs> she killed you. I did make uh, for Meghan and Harry's wedding because I had a free time of the days. I said this Prince of Sparkles, and it was ginger and um, prosecco. All right, sausage. There was a bit of apricot in there. It was all to do with ginger, Harry, and all this, that, and the other, and uh, Princess Sparkles. So there was prosecco in it. And uh, limited, a big sign, a limited edition, uh, Ginger Princess Sparkles, Happy Wedding, Meghan and Harry, all that sort of thing. You know, I'm so very English in how I advertise and stuff. And um, I did have a woman come back and go, and that was the most amazing flavour ever. Really? <laughs> yes. I'm just texting my office. Yeah. Did, did you call? There we go. I'm still oh. here. I'm still alive. Do you want me to? <laughs> Emily, I haven't killed him. Um. Yeah. I think it's been quite fun today. Yes. I think we've... Uh, I will have to have a good watch back of this before we put it on, because I think I think I knew that before you came we might get into some weird subjects. And yeah. You, 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 you're a trigger for me, in the sense... Good, good trigger. <laughs> good, good, good trigger. Yeah. Good trigger in the sense of you, you sort of make me go, oh, yeah, and ah, get a bit feisty, because you're quite feisty as well, aren't you? So we get, you know, quite into subjects. So yes, we'll have yes. a good read back and see exactly what we talked about, because I have no idea... Yeah. how vocal I became. Yeah, no, that's fine, that's fine. And, um, yeah, I don't know what we're going to have to do if we have to reshoot any for continuity, because I might not look this crap all the time. I think we'll... <laughs> I'll, I'll go through the video, see what it looks like, and then we'll decide to redo this completely. <laughs> With her makeup. Could you give those two a bit of personality for you? If anybody wants together. to get in touch with you about sausages... Yes. 
How do they do that? Okay. Easiest way is uh, as, a, as a, where we started, Sausage Lady on Team, Emma Sausage. Uh, the company is spelled S-O hyphen S-I-G, as in the phonetic spelling of sausage. I do have a Facebook page, Sausage. I do have uh, an Instagram account, Sausage France. What's uh, it called? Sausage underscore France. Well, we'll put all of those on, on, yeah. on our thing when we, when we post it anyway. But really... If you are finding the spelling of sausage a tad too difficult, I don't mean that in a patronising way, if you just Google sausages on tape, English sausages, handmade English sausages on tape, anything that would be a logical way of finding somebody in France or finding sausages in France. If anybody can Google, they can find you. If you, yeah. And and I take it that people can buy a sausage. If they're on a yacht, they can buy a sausage from a provisioner. Yes, they can get. They can source my sausages from Riviera Gourmet. Thank you. And maybe, maybe in the near future, maybe the locals up in the in land slightly will maybe be able to get them from somewhere like Britain's. If you, if, if we can get that organised. There's a new expat shop opening. Oh, where? In Antibes. Is there? Yes. Sorry, I meant to start on this one a little earlier. Where is it? Uh, Boulevard de Gommier. Uh, you know. I mean, that means nothing to me. You might as well just hit me with a wet fish. I've got no idea where that slap, is. Slap. Fit Lane, Versace Gym. Oh, yeah. Which, up until two weeks ago, meant nothing to me yeah, as well. Yeah, I know where the Versace Gym is. Yeah. So I went there years ago. Fit Lane, first. Versace Gym, yes. So, a couple of the employees from Jeff's, Rees, Becky and Frank. Mm. Becky's the lively, like, that's a girl. And Frank, yeah, they're opening a Anglophone shop. Wow. Yes. Yes, and that will hopefully that will be on board at the beginning, around about the beginning of May. Wow, it'd be interesting. Yeah, um, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to have your sausages in there? She's going to have everything in there. Yes, she's going to have sausages, bacon. Uh, she's been quite good to me actually because uh, I think that she's going to be working with the trading post, and she brought him in, and he didn't know you could get. Sausage and oh, really? bacon and gammon in France. He was because he imports them. He imports the broad oak farm range, doesn't he? Yeah. So I had a nice little conversation with the man from uh, the Trading Post. Cool. Yeah. So oh, you know, so it's it's great. It's great having these conversations. But inside in your head, you go like, oh, hang on, that puts me one percent closer to the thirty percent. I'm allowed to sell non-direct. Oh no, next big step. <laughs> <laughs> next big step is Agamon Sanitaire factory. Yeah, the full CE number. all over and sell them everywhere in Europe. Yeah, once you can fathom out how you freight across Europe. Yeah, it's hard, <laughs> isn't it? It's hard, but it can be done. It can Jeff be. Bezos came across this when he opened up his bookshop online. He had lots of problems. He was early and he managed to do it. There's nothing you can't do if you don't want to achieve it. If you want to do it, you can do it. You just have to crack on and keep pushing through. You'll learn as you go. You'll make mistakes, but that's part of the process. Oh, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, when I, when days like when I feel I can take on the world, I'm like, crawl fresh. You're useless. I reckon I could run cold distribution. Better. Better. I completely agree. But that's how people turn their business into a massive company. Is because fail. I learned that from a guy in the Alps many years ago. He had a company. He had rented hotels, and mainly for, for children's holidays, but also for other adults at certain times of the year. He bought a distribution company or started a distribution company of skis. 
so he would buy the skis at the lowest prices from Rosnol, Salomon, things like that. And then he would put ski technicians into his hotels to rent the skis to his own clients. Yeah. All the vehicles the company had, which was hundreds of rented vehicles in a season, he bought, started a company that bought cars and then rented them to other companies. So he rented cars to his own company. Mm. He rented skis to the company that was using them. So he had three companies. Yes. He had a, a, va a van rental company. And the majority of his business was to a business he gave to it from his other company. Yes. The ski rentals, which he bought the skis and rented them out to companies from that other company. So he, he, he all the money his business was spending yes. was putting back into his own companies. Yes. This very, very clever way of doing it. And that is the way you do it. You want to do distribution around Europe, start your own distribution. Best way to do it. Let other people use that. And off the back of all those people using you, you end up with the best distribution in Europe. Yeah. Nobody does it right now. Nobody yeah. does cold chain, fantastic, fast, small quantity. That's the trick. You can go to Steph and get cold refrigeration around Europe. No problem. Very set in how they do it. That's it. That's their business model. Yeah. Nobody does a kilo box, a two kilo box, a five kilo box, 10 kilo box of cold stuff quickly. Corona Fresh have tried to do it well, across France, Monaco, Belgium and Spain. As you know. They've got the right idea because you move the pods and not the packages yes. kind of thing and that there's interchanges mentally to me i'm like why is it not working yeah because to me it's too many issues too many not alive yeah. products yeah well i think that's your next challenge maybe we can work on that one together yeah and, and that'd be after i've fathomed out a chrono fresh bill yeah there we go yeah thank you for coming in today no thanks for the invite and we will uh probably meet and do something again after the season after the carnage when we've probably got a lot of stories to tell because right now i've forgotten the stories from last summer i'm just thinking about this summer <laughs> i think by the time we get to october and the carnage has passed we'll have a lot more fun <laughs> stories to tell don't, don't let anybody think that we can't remember our stories because it's like some it's hedonistic drunken alcohol druggy filled days it's, no, it's just because days of exhaustion every day runs into one it, you never know it's just carnage <laughs> everywhere isn't it as soon as may arrives mid-may it's carnage Thank you for coming in. Keep the sausages the best in the world. Thank you very much. Thank you for the kind words. Thank and, you for the encouragement. And, and yeah, if you if anybody's out there and they haven't had your sausages yet, they should definitely get in touch. They're amazing. Thank and your bacon and all your other products and as well. And bacon, yeah. And your pies, everything. Thank you um, very, 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 very much. Take it easy and we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Take it easy. Speak to you soon. Thank you. <laughs>